Hi everyone, and welcome to the 60th episode of Slime Time, the official Dragon Quest Dragon's Den podcast. This is Platium 3 with actually just a little quick editing note here. You're not going to hear me on the rest of this episode, but you will hear some awesome bonus audio at the end that you should stick around for. As referenced later on in this episode, you're going to hear about a DQ DWNN interview at 2002's E3. First, we're going to have Pendy interviewing Enix of America's PR manager, Justin Lucas. Following that, audio is going to be a July 2000 interview from Edwin of DQDWNN interviewing the founder of DQ Shrine, Dustin. Enjoy the podcast, folks. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 60th episode of Slime Time, the official Dragon Quest Dragon's Den podcast. This is Pendy. And this is Liam Land. Okay, I am all ready for this year's E3. I'm not a fan of going to Los Angeles, but it'll be fun to do this again. I got time off from work, got plane tickets, packed my... Wait, 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 wait. Pendy, what are you talking about? There's no E3 this year. Wait, what? But I was all set to go. Oh. No booth babes this time, I guess. I mean, maybe I can get my plane tickets refunded. Uh, oh, I know. It's still online, right? I mean, they did it online only in the recent past, last few years, I think. Uh, no, no. They actually canceled the whole thing this year, even the online portion. It'll come back next year, supposedly. Ugh. Well, damn. Well, I guess the only thing to do is bathe in the nostalgia of past events, then. Maybe... 2002 E3 specifically? That seems like a pretty specific odd year to concentrate on. Well, it might be, because I went to E3 in 2002, and it's time for a 20-year reunion of sorts. That sounds cool. Uh, It seems we even have some guests uh, with us to uh, partake in this reunion. We sure do. We've got myself and Edwin from the former Dragon Quest Dragon Warrior News Network, and Dwayne and Dustin from the Dragon Quest Shrine. We were all invited to E3 in 2002 by Enix of America. Welcome, everybody. Hey. Happy to be be here. That sounds great. So speaking uh, speaking of our guests, let's get to know you a little bit better. That's right. For guests that are new to the show, we ask them about their Dragon Quest interests. Uh, so we know Dwayne, but uh, Dustin and Edwin uh, are new to the show. But can you ever really and truly know Dwayne? No, I am an international <laughs> man of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dustin, we'll start with you. Uh, what was what was the first Dragon Quest game that you played? Oh, the OG one, the Dragon Warrior. Back before they even did a Nintendo Power subscription, I picked it up. So oh, you know, that's... I'm kind of a big deal. I'm like one of yeah. the original <laughs> cool kids. Same here. I'm yeah. one of the I'm one of the uh, the few folks as well who who could have gotten it for free if you had only waited. I know. They're like, oh, we can't sell this shit. Let's have it give it out with Nintendo Power. But oh well, lesson learned. At least we got the cool Dragon Warrior Two map with the uh, Nintendo Power deal. I think didn't that come yeah. with that? Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah, that's that, right. That, that's right. But I mean, I remember reading about it in Nintendo Power, and I was just like, this game looks so cool. So, of course, you know, my birthday rolled around. I was like, oh, I want this sucker. So that was my first one. Nice. And how about you? Also Dragon Warrior 1, though I didn't get it before the game. A friend of mine actually had it when he, from that Power, from the Nintendo Power subscription. So I ended up playing it over at his house a lot. And I was like, I love this game. Let me play some more and more. And why is it so hard to beat this green dragon? <laughs> what equipment are you have? A club and leather armor? Why you do you have all that love. gold? <laughs> Go buy Learn. some equipment. 
<laughs> you, that's, actually one of the most, that's actually one of the most fun things about the first one was was back in the day was talking to your friends and talking to the people at school about how how far they got and what they had because there was no internet back then you just had to rely on the idiots at school so yeah. it's so yeah it was always it was always fun to see just like how far some people would get just like oh well you're you're you've been all the way down on the southern continent how do you survive you guys had friends back then dang not, I only not knew... many but you know <laughs> apparently there were more people in my in my grade growing up that played it than i knew but i knew only one guy who played the second one and i lost my map so i was always asking and bugging him for questions and we weren't friends so it was obvious <laughs> i was just trying to get information out of <laughs> but yeah you would need awesome. that for the cave of Rome, yeah. that's for sure yeah especially, well especially for like just even things that you would find on the map that that were kind of hard to find if you didn't have a map like the mirror of Ra. yeah and uh and just like specific locations for you know where where to find the the cloth for the water water flying clothes things like that or the crest Ugh, some of them oh the crest oh, yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah i think i actually i found the, some of the crests before I lost the map, so I was I was I was in decent shape. So is that universally everybody's least favorite Dragon War game? Right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, Do you I really? Love, I love I love yeah. it a lot. It's I think uh, so I think hard. as far as like sequels go, it's 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 successful in taking the original idea and expanding upon it. I mm. really really just enjoyed enjoying enjoying the world. Finding the Mirror of Ra was actually pretty easy for me because it was just a square swamp. And I thought, hmm, that looks. <laughs> and there's only four spaces to search. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna search that. And uh, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, I actu actually uh, uh, discovered how to uh, how to change the princess back all on my my own. I was like, oh, well, that's cool. But nice. like one of the one of the the coolest parts was keep finding your way back to Alifgard and hearing the old music and all that. Oh, I yeah, love that. Yeah. I still have oh, a lot. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think if and they did the level cap, I would like wouldn't have such issues with it. But like that and Rowan at the end, it's just like, oh, this just feels like oh, it requires yeah. so much luck to oh. get through this. Yeah, Cave to it, unblockable death spells. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, yeah, I do like seeing you know going back to the old uh, LF guard and seeing how Breconary is like in a in a different position in every interpretation of the game. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like on the well, left side and then it's on the right side and then the castle's like up on a trail and it's down here so it's like it was it's kind of fun because you look at a game like dragon quest builders and you really see like oh all right yeah dragon lord is just up on in his castle on in charlock castle that's like super close he could just come down at any point destroy everything and they got to rebuild it yeah <laughs> that's probably what happened multiple yeah. times <laughs> that makes well, sense that's good Speaking of uh, everyone's uh, least favorite game, or at least one person's least favorite game, <laughs> let's go with uh, some of our favorite games in the Dragon Quest series. Edwin, let's go back to you. What are your some some of your favorite games in the series? My favorite game is actually Dragon Quest V, and I oh, think that's okay. a little bit more unconventional of an answer, but I just think it's the perfect combination of a really concise story. I really love the whole three-generation thing. It's just mm. like, you've been... Hello, Demon Lord. At the very end here... You have screwed with my family for three generations, and we're all here to express our displeasure. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. And, yeah. and I didn't write this—I didn't uh, write this down here. But what about your? Do you have a favorite spinoff as well? I never really played many of the spinoffs. The only spinoffs I played uh, is Dragon Quest Monsters and Dragon Quest Monsters Joker. So the original Game Boy one and the DS one, 3DS mm -hmm. one. Yeah, yes, yes. Gotcha, gotcha. What, what about you, Dustin? Uh, my favorite one would probably be three, because, like, uh, back then, especially, like, living in Oklahoma in a small town, like, 
you could not find these damn games anywhere. Like, uh, I could rent three at the local grocery store for some reason. They had it, so I'd rent it all the time. Loved it. And then, like, you know, just discovering, you know, towards the end that you're actually Ed Riccaroto and, like, going, you know, an Alf card. Like, that was such a cool reveal to me. It just, like, blew my little, like, 10-year-old mind or whatever I was at the time. But mm-hmm. so that was just really cool. And uh, so that's probably why it's my favorite. Nine's a close second. And I was not expecting to like nine as much as I did. But man, I, I had a lot of fun with that, especially all the I mean, hey, content. I, mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of view nine as kind of like three on crack. Uh, yeah. Kind yeah. Of right. Those ideas. Yeah. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, have, I love the versatility of that one. Mm-hmm. And they have they have a lot of they have have like a lot of similar promo um uh, material for it. I know. I know. Uh, Toriyama did a poster for V Jump. I want to say that's that's like the Dragon Quest three box art, but it's all the Dragon Quest nine characters. I'm pretty sure it was intentional. It's with all with all the job classes and such. It's too similar to three yeah. Yeah. to not be mm. intentional. Yeah. And nine about us. Oh, oh, oh nine. <laughs> okay, awesome. one of us will win <laughs> no go, go ahead Dwayne you finish your thought um, nine uh, uh, nine has always been just kind of like the game that has a special place in my heart because that was that was the game uh, uh, had my review copy when I was in the hospital when my gallbladder conked out cool. so so I was going through this like week long ordeal and that was that was the game that was with me the entire time of course, when I had complications, it was the part where I was playing with the town where everyone's getting sick and dying. That part. Was. <laughs> but but other than that, yeah, that game that game was with me through all the doctor's visits and all that. So, yeah, awesome. I would love would have, love for them to remake it. It would have been nice if you could like tag other people in the hospital that were also playing it. <laughs> you get, like, this 30, is, 30 this is Dragon Quest in America. So uh, there was no one. There's two people, maybe. <laughs> what about uh, do you have a favorite spinoff series, Dustin? Oh man, that that's honestly a tough one. I loved uh, Dragon War Monsters on Game Boy. I remember mm-hmm. writing like FAQ on that. But I mean, God, they're also good. Builders had a blast with that. Sometimes I feel like the spinoffs are almost as good as you know the actual. You series. had the uh, you had the import version, and you started writing the FAQ on that. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's unfinished, but yeah, put a lot of info on that. That was like the first, I think, game in Japanese I beat, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing, basically. <laughs> Just kind of mm-hmm. stumbling through it. I think somebody on the message boards back then, I think it was somebody from Japan, like posted some of like, the ways to breed the bosses or whatever, so I did get that from there. But yeah, other than that, I was just going through it blind. That's awesome. Cool. So, Dustin, do you have any favorite characters or monsters in the series? Uh... I don't know what was Dragon War 3 because I like Zoma a lot. I don't know why. I just think he looks cool. And then, you know, just being like this ultimate bad guy behind, you know, the whole deal with Baramos and whatnot. But, I mean, yeah, I don't have a fun answer for that one. I just, yeah, Zoma just looks cool. He's blue. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> and he's vicious. He yeah. uh, lost to Zoma many times in various spinoffs and even in VR. He's, uh, yeah, he's 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 tough. Um, it, it, in the original one, you could actually cast heal spells on him to damage him, but I think yeah. they took that out because I don't think you can uh, you can cast. Um, I can I don't think you can cast heal spells in the in the remakes. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They even hmm. just had a a recent uh, tact Dragon Quest tact commercial in Japan where they're uh, going to feature uh, the Hero Three as one of the new characters, and it's hmm. a, a a uh it's a, they're in a bar. The Hero Three and Zoma are talking to each other, and the Hero Three's all sad because he's not in the game yet, and he gets a phone call that he's in the game, and Zoma's <laughs> giving a hard time. It's very it's funny. Oh, that's awesome. That yeah. Do you have a YouTube link to that? I do. I and I'll put that in the show notes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'd like to see that. 
Yeah, awesome. Um, hey, uh, Enwin, how about you? Uh, any favorite uh, characters or monsters in the series? I've always had a soft spot for Esterk and Necrosaro from mm. Dragon Quest IV. Mm. As far as the big boss, it's just sort of an interesting combination of how the enemies are, and especially in the remake of Four, where mm-hmm. you look at the story of Sorrow, where he's abused um, mentally and physically, trying to protect his one love who uh, gets killed and tortured by humans, and he mm-hmm. goes over to Deep End as a result of that. Yeah, and that's just a really interesting take to sort of see in a game. You don't really see that back in the day of how enemies sort of be human uh, enemies just being, I'm the big bad taking over the world at the mood you. Right. Right. They have an actual motivation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was, that was great. That's a, that's one of my favorites too. And not coincidentally, that's why two of our logos for our website was uh, Necrosaro uh, back using the Dragon oh, Warrior yeah, translation that. that we had good old Dwayne who drew both of them for us. Yeah. Yes, nice. and actually, actually, I've been meaning to send you the screenshot of this uh, a while back. Uh, I just I just started uh, doodling. Uh, I was in uh, in Procreate, which is which is the little art program on the on the iPad. It's nothing dirty this time. You're but, procreating. Yes. Uh, but uh, I just because like, I know, I know you really like the the logo, but it always just kind of like stuck in, stuck in my head. It's like, I can do better. And so a few months ago, I just started, I just started like sketching it, redoing it again. And it, it looks, it looks okay so far, but it's just, I just like got busy with client work and like everything else, but I'll take, I'll take a screenshot of it and I'll, I'll send it to you pretty soon. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah I need to, I need to actually just get in and finish it, but it's on the pile. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Edwin, we'll go back to you. What are your favorite mechanics in a, uh, Dragon Quest games, like monster collecting, job classes, casinos, etc.? I want to say the job classes are the most interesting to me, especially mm. trying to just figure out what the interesting combinations are for some of the progressions. So you had in Dragon Quest Three the Dharma Castle or Temple, and you're trying to figure out how do these classes work together in order to get higher and higher level and that was brought back in dragon quest 7 which was really where they just took it to a whole new level and it was just fun Ooh, i get to be god hand now by taking <laughs> this 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 and this yeah and just trying to get up there and it's like just it's a lot of fun and mm. it was, i in dragon quest 3 i really enjoyed how you could take the most useless class the fool or the um, I think they call it the layabout or something in the, the remake. The about or the goof off. Goof off. Yeah. Okay. Goof off. And then after you promote the goof off, becomes the sage, which is one of the most useful characters you could possibly yeah. have. And pretty much that's one of the few ways to get there, and the easiest way, arguably. Yeah, it's pretty Shakespearean too. The the fool is the smartest one in the entire play. <laughs> nice. I never thought about that before. That's great. <laughs> it, so um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say uh, they they also kind of expanded on that in in six and six was kind of a precursor to seven uh, in terms of those like job class tiers. I'm doing that now um, with uh, I'm doing a playthrough with my son and uh, and I'm working on the job class grinding to get our slime up to par. I'm probably going to do a sage uh, battle master combo uh, before I, I send them through the arena. Um, nice. So I'm, I'm, I'm loving all of that, except, except the fact that you get Terry so late that he's pretty useless. <laughs> like, is you know, all of your characters are going to at least have a couple of like second tier job classes mastered by the point where you get Terry and he's like 
way harder to fight than he is useful to you later on. <laughs> yeah, they they made him a little bit stronger uh, when you get him in the remakes. I remember. So oh, that's good. I think yeah. he's like level fifteen when he joins or something like that. But but he's got like no job classes. Which oh yeah, really he's got some. Fun. He's got a few job classes when you get him in the remakes. If I remember. I mean, right. as someone who's a monster master, you'd think he'd at least have just automatically <laughs> mastered monster master job class. <laughs> He's always the trope of the super overpowered character that when you finally get him, he's just garbage. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to yeah. go back to what I was using this entire time. Yeah, <laughs> I remember Sorrow in Heroes was like that. He was super hard to fight. And then when you get him, he's just worthless. <laughs> so, Dustin, well, how about you when it comes to mechanics? Oh, the job system is really good in those games. Uh, I probably, like I said, on nine, I enjoyed it so much because the extra content with like the, you know, the maps you find and you go and fight like the old bosses and just like mm. how much more of that adds to the game and yeah. how the difficulty just like spikes suddenly. Like you're like, oh, I've got this game beat and mastered. And it's like, nope, you're not even close. <laughs> like, you can get as crazy as you want with this. So that was fun hours. going through all that stuff. That's probably one of my favorite mechanics outside the job system. Nice. Um, so, Dustin, what's uh, what's one Dragon Quest game that you really wished had gotten localized that we missed out on? Oh, 10, <laughs> which I've not played. Yeah, that's good but, I mean, as much as I enjoy Final Fantasy like 14 and whatnot, I mean, I think 10 would have been great to be able to play over here in English with everybody. So, yeah. Uh, so, and how about you? I would have to agree with 10. I mm. think pretty much most of them have actually made it over to the States in some form or other at this point. Yeah. You, you can conceivably play one through nine here and 11 just right. not 10 yeah yeah did we not get one of the slime games is that it like the uh, first the first the first, uh, the, the first and third slime uh slime mori mori games we yeah. didn't get and it's still yeah. i still think that they were nuts for not bringing out the first slime mori mori games because like right. i get i get why but it was the perfect pick up and play game it would have been a perfect introductory game for people of all ages to get into Dragon yeah. Quest. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the one that's I did a, bring over is a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a, if you played Rocket Slime, you can go back and play Slime Mori Mori 1. Oh, yeah, it's, easy. It's essentially the same game without tank battles, but it's uh, it's super easy to play through even without understanding um, Japanese or, you know, probably if you tried to Google Translate it, it would, it would probably be okay. And and I like, really I like the first one a little bit better than the than the second. Uh, the third one I never played, but it it just seemed like it seemed like they just reused a bunch of a bunch of assets and kind of continued the the same thing yeah. that they were doing well, with the second. The thing about the third one, I haven't played it yet either. Um, but they, I from what I understand, they took out the uh, slime rescue, which oh. oh. Yeah, and they they it's boat battles instead of tank battles. Yeah. But but my favorite one of my favorite things to do in that game is rescue all the slimes and then get yeah. letters from them. Yeah, <laughs> and see how they're doing. <laughs> so Maybe that's why the third one didn't games, sell as well. I do, I do need to, uh, I do need to check it out though because it's got like that. Uh, it's got a couple of uh, FMVs in it that look pretty cool. That one where like the camera circles around Rocket and he's like completely shocked about oh, something. Yeah. Oh yeah, that second one. There's a. I think has like the best, the best little animated intro trailer, like whatever, because that thing is so much fun, yeah. and it's so it's so well made too. Yeah, and the third one has a fan translation for it out get, there too. So, the oh yeah, that's right. a fan translation. Yeah, nice. yeah, we interviewed we interviewed the uh, folks that worked on it. Nice, I need to check um, that out for sure. Uh, so and and uh, so we got we got answers from Dustin and when uh. uh Pendy and uh, Dwayne, I'm going to extend that to you guys. Um, what's one Dragon Quest game you really wished had gotten localized? Uh, are we all in agreement with 10? I, I would say 10. Oh, yeah, 10 definitely yeah, for me, nice. but a close second would be Theater Rhythm. 
Uh, even though okay. we don't have yeah. oh, much of a good. translation yeah. for it, I wish we'd gotten it. Mm. Yeah, ten. Uh, ten. I would. I would like to try. I. I do think like we maybe have a little bit of a chance in getting ten offline. Maybe. Yeah. But uh um, yeah, supposedly they're trying to make it all single player or something. Can't uh can't uh can't uh uh filthy Americans play play ten now without without being kicked off the server and banned from existence. Yeah, yeah, there's no there's no block on it anymore. At least yeah, in that the was United weird. States. That was weird. Yeah. Like just like you think as long as as long as the company's getting money, they wouldn't care. Yeah, that was you weird. Think. That was weird. But yeah, yeah. I, I think because we've gotten a um a date, a localization date for treasures, which is after uh offline comes out uh in Japan, in Japan. I don't yep. think we're gonna get it. That's my you don't, guess. You don't you don't think we're gonna get offline? No. I, I'd be surprised if we don't. I I mean people I think that's keep pointing to that one producer that said like, hey, we won't bring over ten online, but if we ever do offline, then that seems like a good idea. And but right. I don't know if that's gonna happen. Because like uh ten comes out in what, late summer, early fall, offline, and then Treasures comes out way way in December, in December. and we already have a yeah. localization date for that one. But, yeah. so I I'm but it doesn't I'm it doesn't necessarily cynical. mean they won't uh localize it like a year later true i mean i I, i'm saying i i uh, i really want the the mmo version i think that's gonna i think that would do wonders for like dragon quest fandom in the u.s because you get a lot of mmo fans who've never played a dragon quest game before who would really get into that oh i agree Um, i think it's made back its money at this point maybe uh uh, to kind of justify the cost, maybe they're worried that Americans would just like teabag all the Japanese players or something. I don't know. Is that an option? I mean, it's out. It's out <laughs> there... for every. It's out for every platform. I mean, I I understand that it is a massive, massive localization. Like, like there's more text in that than seven. I'm sure. Really, and that's the, and that's the thing more that binders. makes me sad about <laughs> yeah, like offline. <laughs> Is because like it, they could use offline as a jumping off point for the online. Like, well, it, release offline outside of Japan, see if it does well, and if it does well, then you can do the online. If it doesn't do well, then that justifies you not doing the online for so many years. You know, right. it could be a good experiment to see if there's any actual interest in the online portion if they sell try and sell the offline game. But that right. you know that would make too much sense. And I think. Yeah. Uh, I think also with ten that they would have to they would have to hire a hire a people to manage the community, and that can be that can be a pretty labor intensive and also pretty uh, pretty high cost. Um, yeah, and that's a fair point. And, and Dwayne, you said like the all the translation is like more than seven, but like they wouldn't translate it all at once. They would just piecemeal right. it, like they would of any any mobile game. Like they wouldn't right. have to translate the whole thing because there's right. like five or six worth worth DQ full, full DQ worth of game, like basically. Yeah. There's six full games in like what they have right now with all the different versions, but they'd only the do like one version at a time. Mm-hmm. And keep yeah. in mind when they when they localize now, they don't they don't just do it in English; they do it in French, Spanish, um, mm. Italian. That's the same language anyway. But uh, a couple <laughs> a couple others that I'm that I'm uh, uh, that I'm forgetting. I think I think German the the Dragon Quest Nine uh, little art book that they released has has interviews with the German translators, yes. I believe. That's, that's true. a You're right. that's a great that's book. That. I think I think I told uh, Michi like that's an awesome book. Thank you for making that. Fantastic. But yeah, I mean, and that's kind of like with the mobile games. That's how they make their money. When they make that global edition, they'll have like like TAC, for example, has Korean, Chinese, and then several English and several different uh, European languages, so that they have all those players pulled together 
in one server trying to make the you know a decent amount of money off of everybody. So yeah, but it'd yeah, be nice. I don't day. think I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it'd be nice. Yeah, it would we just nice. need we just need Elon Musk to like be interested in Dragon Quest and then start oh. taking an interest with it. That's it. There is apparently not talking to devs. I mean, there is thought, no problem. I thought that so man when, he, when he said he was going to buy Twitter, but now I don't know if that's such yeah. a good idea anymore. He should buy Square Enix something. Yes, yes. he should buy Square Enix and then localize actually, all the all the old actually, games that we never got. Like, that's something I'll get back to later. But but I saw uh, I saw a Tesla uh, driving around town and it had and it had a license plate that said luv and a heart and said elon i could i couldn't get a picture of it i have not seen them around town since it was actually elon's car <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> so I, saw, I saw that and i went oh lord i, I got i got to take a, a, a photo of that with the light turned green i didn't get it i couldn't get my phone out fast enough yeah i got to drive my my brother's uh tesla here while i was visiting in california and uh it spoiled me it's such a nice car it's like uh, you just get in. There's no engine noise. There's no turning it on. You just get in and drive, and uh, and it's smooth. And the pickup is fast. It just like accelerates crazy fast. And it's really like I mean, the, it, there's no engine. There's no noise. There's like it's just uh, it's kind of like just driving a big iPhone. But <laughs> it's uh, it's like crazy smooth. I wish I could take one uh, to Japan. And uh, but. It, Will it drive on water? water? <laughs> probably can. Only, no, only actually, one way to find no, out. No, it actually won't. And I'll tell you why. Because you <laughs> because it's all under all the technology is like under the seats, apparently. So like my my son's water spilled on one of the seats because it wasn't like the uh it wasn't like closed properly. And uh it all it started throwing all sorts of errors and they had to like bring it back to Tesla. So that's why oh, you the can't car have exploded. it. You couldn't have it in Ishigaki. <laughs> you bring it to Ishigaki, there's like no Tesla factories there. No yeah. one could repair it. Like there's no oil change. There's no, you know, tune-ups or anything like that. You have to bring it to a Tesla, um, you know, uh, dealership basically and, mm-hmm. and have them uh, tool everything. So, yeah, yeah one... if, you, if, if you can spill water on the seat, you definitely can't drive it in water. <laughs> there's one There's one near me. Not yet. And it's And it's kind of kind of next door to one of the grocery stores I go to and uh and the people working there were were very nice when a trashy couple was test driving one and backed into me <laughs> uh th- yeah really it should have thrown all sorts of warnings for that exactly it was like all exactly like which is loud like, water on it it didn't it didn't work oh yeah like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just when when a lo- when when a white lady with dreadlocks and a bunch of American flag neck neck tattoos uh, gets out of the car oh, and just like, oh, wow, you didn't you, you don't have your backup camera on or, or anything like that. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I think it me. Why didn't you watch where I was going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. I think on that note, it'd be uh, it'll be a, that's a the perfect, perfect note to Same end way. on and, and transition to our next All portion right. of the show. <laughs> Tesla's now that the sponsor we of this podcast. So anyway, Dragon Quest. Yeah. <laughs> and now that we've known that now that we know our guests a little bit better and more about Tesla and the people that drive them more than I ever thought I would know about them. <laughs> let's talk about uh, E3. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, that uh, thing. Much, much appreciated for bringing it back to uh where what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> uh so the reason we are here tonight uh is because Dustin Dwayne, Pendy and Enwin uh were luckily lucky enough to get invited to E3 in 2002 by Annex of America. Yeah, but why? I mean, were we just invited randomly off the street to go? Yeah, I mean, I think they were they just pulling us? random hobos off the street, but 
No, I mean, maybe. Well, they said I, I was mean, good looking. I don't know about y'all. Yeah, still <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you tell us you were you were there, but in all seriousness, let's get, you know, get into the background of why everyone was invited. Uh, all four of you were involved in Dragon Quest fan sites at the time. Uh, Dwayne and Dustin, uh, tell us about the creation of the shrine site, Dragon Quest Shrine. So I originally started it back in, I think, like eighth grade. What was the year? When did it start? Was it 96 or 97? Is that 96. The... Okay, okay. Yeah, so started it back then, and it was just basically like I remember looking up Dragon Quest in some search engine back then because, you know, Google didn't exist in those days. Alta Vista. Yeah, it probably was something like that or web crawler or something. And, like, they had, like, uh, screenshots on the NX Japan website of, like, uh, Dragon Quest. And I was like, oh, man, so, like, that's what that box art looks like. That's way cooler than what we got. And so I just kind of went off that and started posting like stuff I found on there and other sites and then slowly grew. And then uh, I can't remember exactly how we teamed up, Dwayne. I think like I remember seeing your site and I was like really impressed with your coverage of like that uh, manga and anime and whatnot mm-hmm. that you had. And of course, your art skills. And I was just like, hey, you want to, you know, join forces? And you were like, yeah, yeah. sure. And then boom, you redesigned the site and it looked amazing. And then... I the kinda... one that's the one that I've been working on for f- forever. It looks it looks great, and I love it so much. And I wish that I, I really do want to finish it someday. <laughs> but it's uh, so so when when I was a senior in high school, uh, that's when that's when Dragon Quest Six and Chrono Trigger were hitting, and and Dragon Quest Six was getting a lot of lot of coverage at the time. And graduated from high school, got this new thing called the called the internet. And uh, I was just I was just looking I was just looking at just like random things as I was typing in Dragon uh, Dragon Warrior and Dustin's page was always the first one that came up, and he was he was the one that had like more Dragon Quest Five pictures than anyone else at the time and like actual actual pictures just not just like magazine scans from from photos from that they took off the TV um, and so uh, I started I started kind of picking up things here and there there was in there was an anime store in town uh, and I grabbed uh, a curatorama of, of the world art book which is which is still in print by the way I had no idea oh cool yeah, uh, there's uh, there's a Japanese uh, bookstore here in here in Houston, and I'm gonna butcher the name of it, but it's um, but there's one in there's one in New York and there's one in L.A. Uh, and they carry English and Japanese stuff. And yeah, yeah, Akira Toriyama of the World is still in print. So and and it had and it had the character designs for for the Able anime. I was like, wow, I've never seen this before. So I'm gonna plop this down on the scanner, scan it up. Um, Picked up a couple things here and there, just like uh, like the soundtrack and all that, and I made the manga and anime page. Uh, picked up a couple, so so I had gotten uh, at also the same the, the same anime store was the second art book for Emblem of Roto, mm-hmm. and I think they just you know they just kind of they would just grab random things to put in the store, and that was one of them. So I was like, okay, well you know, well this is cool. This has some cool stuff. I'll scan it up and I'll make make my own page. And Dustin and I corresponded and um we became friends and started started sharing info back and forth and i think i think for a while there the the shrine was kind of like it had hopped servers a couple times yeah yeah because back then web hosting was way tougher kids yep (laughs) yeah and there was there was a company that had just started in in Houston and was offering web hosts like like a lot of 
like a lot of web hosting space, super like super cheap domain name and everything. So I was like, well, why don't we just get a domain name and toss it up on here? Mm -hmm. uh, and so and so it's funny, just the ins and outs of that server that that company eventually turned into SoftLayer. And if you Google uh, SoftLayer, their logo is the Square Enix logo. Like huh. there is there is no doubt like, oh, wait, they just use the same font or maybe they just had the same idea. No, it is blatantly the Square Enix logo. It was meant and, to be. Yeah, and when you and when you drive down, well, they kind of screwed me. But but <laughs> but when you when you drive, kind of like Square Enix, back back in the day, back in the day, not now. But uh, <laughs> but so you drive you drive downtown, like downtown downtown Houston, and there's there's the soft layer building with the giant software soft layer logo on the side of I forty five, and I'm just oh wow oh when Square Enix uh, discovers that you've ripped off their logo, that's not going to be a cheap fix. At all. <laughs> you have to tear wow. that down. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. I just Google imaged it, and it's <laughs> very blatantly the exact same font. Yeah, and the same <laughs> the same spacing, the same colors. Yeah. They like they, they just an IBM company, so they know who to sue. Who to sue? Yeah, and <laughs> like what what happened was uh, a few a few years ago, like they kind of they kind of branched off into into another another hosting company, and my my hosting account since I had had it since two thousand was was grandfathered in. And they told me, uh, they told me, yeah, well, we're not going to have your type of account anymore. And I said, what? And like, I was like, is there is there nothing you can do? And I said, well, our cheapest server package with less space is something like a thousand dollars a month. And I'm like, yeah, no, 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 thank you. <laughs> so I found I found another another local hosting company, and that's been that's that's done the job ever since. But I had to I had to scramble to move. I mean, I had backups, of course, but uh, I had to move everything in like three days because they oh. said oh yeah 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 we're getting rid of your account now <laughs> oh thanks for the warning yeah it's just like oh just know just know just like oh thanks you know thanks for your patronage for 20 years <laughs> no it's like you're gone thanks for the laughs exactly yeah laughs. thanks for all the fish <laughs> okay we love you bye-bye <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah we so were i think we the uh our two sites were were one of the staples of the of the community back mm -hmm. then and i believe yeah. and i i believe paul paul said paul handelman the president of, of enix said that we were we were the sites that kind of kept things going and kept mm. and kept interest moving yeah. and, uh, through those through those dark days and kind of helped allow them <laughs> to come back. Yeah, I definitely do remember Dustin's site uh, before uh, before you guys joined up. Uh, Black background. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was very GeoCities. <laughs> um, and uh, and then when you joined up and uh, Dwayne and you added the the artistic element to it and and it all just kind of came together, like all the information uh, together. And Dwayne, you even had some scans I'd never seen anywhere else to this date, including the uh, Dragon Quest Four claymation scan where they're oh, all yeah. like, at the with the, with the wagon and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's you sent in... me a high res uh, version of that scan a while back and. Uh, I appreciate that because I I still had uh, I right clicked on the image that you had up there and uh, and got the low res version from like 1998 or <laughs> whenever I got it um, and uh, it's it's one of my favorite Dragon Quest images of all time I have no idea like if, if it was from an article or it's what in kind it's of in promotion. I believe the second the second guidebook for the um, the second the second official 
official guidebook. There are two, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's. I think yeah, I think that's in volume two. I've got a, I've got them on the shelf over there. I have to look. Okay. Um, but yeah, one of cool. one of yeah. the things when I was when I was redesigning the sites is going is going in finding finding some of the things that Dustin had, but I didn't. And uh, and just going and finding those things and rescanning them and getting them nice and big and then um, mm. watermarking them so all the other sites don't take them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I remember you had like just the anime stuff. I was like, I didn't even know this shit existed. Basically, like yeah. senior yeah. stuff was like it blew me away at the time because yeah, it was just yeah the roto uh, side story stuff. I had no idea existed. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's still there's still a giant a giant a uh, uh, giant catalog of uh, Dragon Quest Gangan manga that um, I don't think I don't think is listed on the Square Enix side or just anything like that. You can't really mm-hmm. find them much. Mm-hmm. So, and I need to I need to do a better job of kind of updating the info. You can find lots of stuff on on Die, but that's a Shueisha property, so yeah. it's like it's amazing that the fan sites are able to collect this more like this information more than Square Enix is able to like catalog everything. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. just so much stuff. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Just like looking through, his, I've got some Dragon Quest like merchandise, like guidebooks or whatever from various years, and like flipping mm-hmm. through those, I'm just like, I cannot believe how much stuff they made for this. And that's probably yeah. not even scratching the surface. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, mean, I think that's just official stuff Enix stuff. This the stuff that came out for like your story alone was just mind-boggling and that's just like one little movie property mm-hmm. yeah um yeah it's uh one of the hardest parts of doing of of working on the shrine is is the merchandise page because there's so much of it and it's nearly impossible to track down like every single little bit that they've done over the years i mean the product guides help yeah. but there's always these like random things like dragon quest phone cards Mm-hmm. that have exclusive artwork to them it's like okay um let's let's find let's let's try let's try and track down a phone card from 1992 that doesn't have any minutes <laughs> on it or something like that yeah nice so uh so what about you Enwin and Pen- pendy i know you were involved with the uh, dragon quest uh news network what can you tell us about that Yep. So, you know, like you said, uh, me and Edwin were involved in the Dragon Quest Dragon Warrior News Network or DQDWNN. Uh, so this guy, uh, Neil, someone who would go on to be a part of a group called Partial Translations that would go on to do a fan translation for the original Super Famicom version of Dragon Quest V, founded the site initially in 1999. So he got too busy for it. And in March of 2000, uh, I took over. Uh as I had mentioned before, I even convinced Dwayne to later on do our site logo, doing the Pissarro, uh, which was amazing. And he did a, a updated one for us years later, which is great. And uh, the public server that it was initially on wasn't that great. And uh, Edwin had his own personal server, and he generously let me use it for the site. It was oh so nice after that to have it on a on a server of that caliber because dealing with like the different server because I was using like free server companies back then and you had yeah. ads or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. and it was just it was bad <laughs> like the yeah. geo cities that we were joking yeah, about yeah the before. one like pop yeah, up yeah. ad that would always show up at the top yeah yeah, yeah. two megabytes of space yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the, yeah. the web like rings remember the yeah, web yes. rings and the guest books <laughs> oh the rings oh I forgot about the rings yeah 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 the oh god books. we're old <laughs> not my guestbook yeah very very old yeah Dang. there's an old man over here a bunch of boreas over here mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not 44 almost 45 years old no no no, no. i'm not uh, i'm not like most teens i'm in my not, 40s we're not old we're just historians that's right <laughs> that's right that's good dragon quest historians i, I like, like that 
But uh, I ended up joining the Air Force in uh, September of 2000, which I'm still a part of today. And uh, Edwin took the helm while I was in basic training or, or boot camp, as people some people sit, like to call it. And uh, and part of part of when I was in my technical school or what people just call tech school to learn my job, because I was away from being able to use a computer and, and such. So after being allowed more freedom to go out during my tech school days, I was finally able to come back on board by using a local internet cafe back when those were big. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I couldn't get internet in my room or anything like that. Uh, and Edwin continued to host the site on the server for many years and contribute stories as well. Uh, Edwin, do you remember how we met? My memory is just a little fuzzy on that exactly. Mine is too. Near as I can piece it together, we met through a combination of either the ICQ channel that on Ethernet or oh, the other number, one. Or Dragon, the Dragon we Quest one. channel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That is We're, the most likely place, and then probably moved some conversations over to AIM and ICQ. Yeah. What? How did you? Uh, how did you uh, go about getting like your own personal server and all that? I it was actually physically my own computer. So we oh, had. Okay. I was about to say. A, I was like, yeah, you used to have one. <laughs> I, I have head. many. I still have many. <laughs> uh, got an old had an old 486 that I managed to with the help of my dad get a local ISP to self host it there. So instead of having to host it over a, a dial up, we were literally just like. Hey, we'll just set our server here. Plug it in. We'll give you some money. Oh, and they're like, okay, that's wild. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, once that was set up, then I could just remote connect in. If something went wrong, I could just call them and say, "Hey, could you reboot that thing for me?" Uh, I remember, I remember you having to do that a lot. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, the problem of self-hosting is, especially on older equipment, it's it's hard then it was just like okay let's upgrade it so that we have another computer we have home internet now we have cable internet let's bring that server home it's not a 46 anymore it's a pentium one of the first gen pentiums and off it goes and does its thing probably rewrote that website two or three times i think mm. it went through a few iterations uh it was an interesting ride i actually started looking through the archives on the uh, internet archives the wayback machine and man there was a lot of old memories that started coming back when you started looking <laughs> through that Oh, yeah, there's some crazy stuff on there. I remember people got mad at me one year because for an April Fool's joke, I took a, uh, a scantily clad woman and I and only showed, like, the top portion of her so you wouldn't see anything bad. But I, I kind of made the joke. It's like, oh, no, it couldn't. I couldn't. The, the picture couldn't load all the way because of the Internet, bad Internet connection or something like that. And people are like, oh, my God, how would you how could you put a picture like that on your website? There's small children that could be going to this website and they might see the the. The, wo the the head of a woman from Her a face. Bikini, it's right. like oh my they god they might see nipple <laughs> oh no that's the that's the one my thing god. you can't show and i was i was going through the archives too and like one of the the first uh what i would call big gets was uh i uh i got to interview dustin i don't know if you remember oh, really? this at all yeah, I remember now that. that you say that, I kind of vaguely do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I get to, I get to interview the host of the Dragon Quest Shrine. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, man. I, uh, <laughs> when I was trying to attempt that old Dragon Quest radio, I yes, remember yeah. interviewing Dustin. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, I oh, wish I still was... had the audio for that, but I'm glad you don't. Lost. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, you, were, you were trying to. You were. Trying I've got to it. I think. Oh, I've got no. it. I think so. Damn it. <laughs> I think I've got it on a zip disk. 
somewhere. Uh, really? Like, if you can yeah, dig that up, I would love to hear it. Still it a working zip drive. Wow. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, and it was through. Uh, he used to listen to it through through um, Winamp too. Oh, oh yeah. Good yeah. God. So, yeah. Old people. <laughs> yeah, setting a, up a shoutcast <laughs> server, icecast, yes, in order yes, to. I, Due to self audio streaming. Yeah, oh, I, I I had one of those uh, for just I uh, had a bunch of uh, Dragon Quest orchestral soundtracks, and I used I created a like a Koichi Sugiyama radio uh, station, which just a mix of them, a bunch of them. Oh, and man, I, I didn't I know a that. damn thing about bandwidth. My my internet oh. kept going down, and my dad's like, well, you know, what, why does the internet keep going down? I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> just streaming. Yeah, I remember doing the same thing. It was just like, <clears throat> and two people can listen. That's it. Yeah, exactly. In in like 1998 or or whenever 1999. <laughs> I didn't. It's about the amount of visitors we had to our websites back then, so it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize how how fortunate I was with uh with the with the web host company that I got because it was unlimited bandwidth. Because this uh this this company, I believe it was like everyone's internet at the time. They were they were just nuts because they're they're like unlimited space, unlimited bandwidth, unlimited yeah. emails. So you can do like whatever you want. Just come to our server, build a site. I think mm-hmm. it was it was like rack rack hosting. Yeah. Uh, so so they're like they're like whatever and and just like everyone everyone was having issues with people hot linking images as as avatars and things like that and like yeah well that happens to me all the time but i don't no one's charging me like a thousand dollars for it mm-hmm. so i I, could, I lucked out on that could you kind of like grandfather in and just like never leave their service and and just continually get that or i think uh <laughs> well i think like like what it was it was it was like that until about 2005 and then they changed up I think they split. They went to like Rack Shack or HostGator or something like that. They yeah. there was there was a change of management, and I think Rack Shack turned into SoftLayer. This is riveting for the people listening. I know, but <laughs> but this is for the uh, for, uh, for the five people who live in Houston and that are really up on like web hosts. They're like, yes. <laughs> but but for everyone else, they're like, what is this bullshit? I came here to listen to E3. <laughs> skip <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah so so uh yeah uh so so we've established that you're 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 uh dq fan site cred and so how how did the uh the e3 of invite happen man that was such a nice surprise so after closing down uh during the the super nintendo era the enix Enix brought back a localization office in North America called Enix of America in the early 2000s. And at that point, uh, before we were invited, they had brought over uh, Dragon Warrior games such as uh, Seven, Monsters, and the remakes on the Game Boy Color of 1 mm-hmm. and 2 and 3. Uh, Enix of America had decided to do a grassroots PR campaign with the Dragon Quest fan sites. The uh, PR person for them was uh, Justin Lucas, and he extended to all of us free passes to go to E3. And at the time, the only people allowed to go to E3 were the press and industry people. So to get invited was a pretty big deal. That was It was amazing. And uh, Dwayne and Dustin, do you remember getting invited and uh, talking to Justin with, uh, about the passes and stuff? Uh, I remember getting an email about it. I can't really remember the details, but I, I remember I was also kind of like, so is it like flight and stuff included too? And they're like, uh, no, because like I was so broke back then. I was like fresh out of high school. I had like no money. And I'm like, well, shit, I got to come up with like airfare. Cause like, I'm like, I'm going to go, but I got to figure this out. But of course made it happen and everything. And then we all uh, ended up sharing a hotel room. Cause I think we're also broke. Yes. 
So mm-hmm. that was that was fun. I remember watching like random anime or whatever, and then wandering the streets of LA and the bad part of town, being like scared to death, basically. Yeah, we should have a good part of town there. in in LA. Uh, I I don't know, and I've been back since, and like yeah, uh, I'm from Oklahoma, so like LA people out there. You know, you can hate on Oklahoma all you want. But, like, yeah, when I went there, it was just, like, babe in the big city. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> You're walking around, like, and everything. Anybody like, oh, Dragon Lord. Quest fans? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Do you like video that? games <laughs> at a place called E3? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but, yeah, like, uh, I just remember the traffic being so bad. And I think I remember Penny saying that, too. Just, like, oh, it, it's such a different world out there with yeah, all we'll that. Yeah, we'll get into that later, yeah. <laughs> And I think uh, Woodis, I talked to Woodis about this, and his memory is kind of fuzzy about it. But I, I'm pretty sure that Woodis from the Dragon's Den was also invited, but I don't think he was able to make it for whatever reason. Like he had something else going on, or maybe he had the same air fryer issues that we were trying to struggle with that most of us were. But yeah, I mean, like we, it was like, I mean, the two big sites was like uh, the Dragon's Den and the, the Trine, and, and we were, I mean, Edwin were, were kind of going on our our way with the the news side as well but uh i I remember when i first came onto the internet uh finally in 98 when i went to college and my roommate had a computer and we had a t1 connection out of the university that we were in at the time like yeah i think wudis's dragon's den site was the first one i found with the the shrine being shortly after that because there wasn't much out there and you guys were you know the pioneers of dragon quest fan sites so that's it was great yeah yeah, I I remember all of the just like straight up HTML sites where it was just it was just H everything was designed HTML with like occasional it was mostly text and like occasional images. Mm-hmm. Um, so even even Dragon's Den back then was it was like that. And that's um, something that's something I've you know I was coming from a print background, mm-hmm. and so I um I started getting into uh, designing web pages and. For the longest time, I used Clara's homepage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People remember that, and then yeah. then I moved on to Dreamweaver after that. But one of my approaches is is I just don't like how websites throw a bunch of text at the reader. So yeah. you and and I've I've mentioned this in podcasts before. A big inspiration for me was those old Nintendo Power layouts. So when I when I do any sort of layout for print or or web, I want something that people can really kind of dig in and explore, and not just kind of like scroll through. I I I design sites so people don't have to scroll a lot, and the information is kind of always there. Yeah. Um. Which is which kind of stings because the the uh, design that I was working on for the shrine work perfectly on on desktop tablet and phone so i'm just like uh, and mimos designed such a wonderful uh menu interface i remember yeah well i remember like it's perfect it was like a circle with like Mm -hmm. the options like around in a circle and then Uh with with a little slime and it drops down uh it drops down and it's just and it's so it's it's so easy i told her I told her just like what I wanted and it was pretty basic and straightforward. Mm-hmm. And she, she made that, she, she made that happen. And then some, she did an excellent job wherever, wherever she is now, I will never stop, stop telling her thank you for that. Nice. But I remember, oh, I remember she's, getting, she's still around. We just interviewed her like a couple of years ago for uh dino die Oh, yay. Okay. Like she posts, she posts on occasion, but I don't talk to her as much as, as much as I used to. So, yep. Um, that's cool. I didn't realize she was uh, she was involved in the in the coding for that. And um, she did, and she did it for free. I I'd offered to pay her, but she's like, no, that's cool. I just enjoy the series. I'm like, thank you so much. It's perfect because I am I am an artist. I'm not a coder at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I try and I try and code things and I just get because it's weird because in in design, mm-hmm. if you if you set like a type style, it stays that way throughout the entire document. If you if you set a type style or something in CSS, it's just going to randomly stop and just do whatever and makes you throw your laptop at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I remember but, learning uh, HTML back in the day for those sites. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't great at it. Uh, I, I learned very quickly that it was not my forte. And when Edwin came in and lent his technical expertise to the site, yeah, a huge improvement on how everything looked. It was it was great. So I'm yeah. always thankful to Edwin for that and serving. It's yeah. Yeah, my my, my coding skills uh, in HTML extend to Netscape Composer. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I use that too. Hell yeah. I mean that was great. That was a great little like beginning <laughs> beginning program. Just anyone can make their site. I mean yeah, you don't get that now. God. Yeah, my only problem is I never stopped beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just gets more and more to... complicated. I still develop a few little websites for side projects, mm-hmm. and I start looking at how things are done, and just like this breaks my brain. How do people <laughs> make websites? Like, it's, it's weird. It's it's weird because like with print, you had to learn how to type post postscript code to do desktop publishing, but now we have now we have InDesign. I still don't know why we don't have a better type of program that's closer to InDesign but for web but anyway I remember I remember getting I remember getting email about going about going to E3 and I'm like well cool this sounds like it would be a really good opportunity um, because I think I think they were having kind of a bum year as far as Dragon Quest goes they weren't having any Dragon Quest yeah. titles that year and I think they kind of wanted to bolster fan support a little bit uh-huh. um which is which is fine uh but it's like heard about it and then I didn't really hear anything about it uh for a while so I wound up I wound up just calling just calling Enix and talked to Paul Handelman and I felt oh, wow. so bad I felt so bad about having to call cuz like I don't it's like it didn't didn't want to feel like just like I was trying to mooch something off of them cuz I mm-hmm. I wasn't it's just I just haven't heard anything back and I just wanted to follow up cuz I needed to book a flight yeah so 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 what were your what were your favorite memories from going there? How about how about you, Enwin? Let's start with you. It was just a spectacle of it. It's almost like um almost a gamer version of a religious experience. Mm. You <laughs> go there and it's like yeah, those. I have reached gaming Mecca. Mm-hmm. It was just crazy from it. I remember when I like we first got there, I'm like, you know, I don't even really know what Dustin and Sean and all these other people look like. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to meet at this hotel. I like look around. I see this car. Like those kids look unnerved. Good. They're probably the <laughs> they people look I'm nervous. looking for. You're probably Dustin, Dwayne, and Fendi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, exactly. we're all we're all risking uh, each other being a serial killer or something crazy, and we're all in the yeah. same hotel meeting well, that, each other for the first time. Yeah, and Pen- it worked out. So, Fendi, like you're you flying to joke. LA to meet people from the internet? Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the nineties or back in the early two thousands, yeah, it's like yeah. unheard of. That's that's the that's how you end up on unsolved mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> this was and this was my first time flying post post nine eleven too. Oh yeah, me so too. So that was oh. and again old old people. That's a very different experience. I remember when you used to just go up to the terminal and hang out. Can't do that yeah. anymore. Yeah, T- had to take off your shoes now. <laughs> and you could just ask you the three big questions: Did you pack your bag? Did someone give you some sort of thing? I even forget the third one, yeah. but it wasn't really that important. Yeah, <laughs> and you ask you three questions, at, and then do here's your ticket. Go away. Go through these questions. Three. And you do not joke with the TSA agents no, about you do not. No, <laughs> no. I don't like that. 
they will throw you in that in that in that little room and you'll probably never see your backpack again. Exactly. But it sounds like fun. I, I went there, we were it was really fun uh just talking to just meeting uh everyone in the car eventually and then like, okay, let's go check get checked in. Um and then we like walked four mm. blocks, five blocks to get to the actual convention center. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm hauling a laptop. Sean has a camera. <laughs> uh, Dustin, I don't even remember what you had at the time. And then we're like at E3 and we're looking around and we're like, where's Dwayne? And trying <laughs> yeah, to talk to Dwayne and Dwayne's <laughs> like, I'm at some sort of other entrance with a tank. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, we don't what? see a tank. We're looking around it's like, what tank? <laughs> And D- Dwayne's actually driving the tank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, what, what like, I love about I came the here to get Dragon like, Quest games. Why aren't they here? It's, it's it. the traditional four-person farty party for a uh, not farty uh, party for a, for a, a Dragon <laughs> Quest farty. game. There, there, it was probably farty going on too, to be honest. But <laughs> but uh, a poor a four-person party uh going on you know with with the four of you at, uh, at the e3 event and even trying to meet up with your your fourth character mm-hmm. yeah. i didn't yeah i didn't know i didn't know the la co- uh, co- convention center had two entrances i didn't know it was in two separate halls i thought it was just you know there because in houston we have we have the george r brown and it's just one big rectangle building so yeah i didn't know it was this kind of like sprawling thing i was just like well i'm here and this is this is the days before google maps so yeah. you had to get your stuff off of map quest <laughs> uh, the place was yeah the place was massive the whole thing was massive mm-hmm. it's like having a con on an imperial star destroyer <laughs> oh yeah and that tank that tank was from uh america's army I remember, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah 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 <laughs> which which just reminded me of the uh which just seemed like a uh recruiting tool from that one episode of the simpsons oh yeah <laughs> yeah join the navy yeah <laughs> Yeah, we just um, went on, and I think the, the one of the highlights is we just finally got to all of us together, take a picture with a few guys from Enix, hold a big slime, yeah. and talk nice. to them for a bit about what was going on and stuff. And it was just a really interesting experience. And then we all sort of like went around and explored our own little thing in E3 uh, um, after the fact. But do, do any of you guys have that photo? Oh, yeah, we oh, yeah. got it. I'll oh, have that for the YouTube Yeah, version. well. Awesome. Yeah, you yeah, look I, at the yeah, hor- how horrible we all look back yeah. in 2000. Very blurry. Well, I've lost 90 hat. pounds since ah. that since that photo was taken. Uh, uh, 95 actually. So Dang. I'm looking. I I would want Spell. to say I'm looking better. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so Dustin, my, uh, my poor my very poor digital camera that I had at the time. Yeah, I had some disposable one, and it I took random pictures, and they all turned out terrible. So I still have right. them. I need to like scan them and upload them, even though they're awful, just because. You know, yeah. you can see certain stuff there. They look great uh, if you really zoom out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Pendy had had his uh, gallery, which I'll come back to later because there's a certain picture that he had that oh. uh, that's worth discussing. <laughs> that sounds interesting. Uh, but uh, first, uh, Dustin, do you have any favorite memories from going there? Oh, yeah. That was just so cool because there was so many awesome things like being shown during that E3. And then there was like, cause I'm like big in game preservation now. And there happened to be like, uh, what was it? The Kirby. So, okay. So Nintendo had this deal basically where you'd walk through and they were uh, pushing the e-reader it was like new that year. And so that an e-reader swiper and they had E3 Kirby cards, like there were prize cards and you would swipe them and it would tell you if you won or not. And then like, they would take them from you and trash them. And 
there were I think ten winner cards or five, and like so you can only imagine how many people went through and got the cards taken and thrown away. But they had like a special E rated ROM on them, and luckily, like one guy last year came forward like and he had one and uh, auctioned it off on eBay. But he allowed the nonprofit I work with Hit Save to dump it, and it went for like ten thousand dollars for this card because it's like probably one of a kind for sure and i mean it's just crazy he still had it through all that and they also showed off like the wave bird there and when i was reading up for this thing i was like trying to remember what was going on in e3 and i remember standing in line at the nintendo booth and they did some roulette wheel and you would get prizes based on that and me and him were like talking the whole time hitting it off and we get drawn up there to play mario party against two other people well i freaking suck at mario party so i like got fourth place or whatever and then we get done he happens to win the thing and he's like oh i don't have a gamecube you can just have this wave bird controller which had not come out yet like it was a few weeks before they launched so it's like oh cool thanks man and apparently like the bag that comes with it makes us like worth a fortune now so like today when i got home i'm like digging through all my e3 stuff that i kept and i'm like i hope i kept that damn bag spoiler alert i did not so i'm just oh. like oh <laughs> wah, wah. i think i think i've got i think i've got a couple of those kirby cards do you that, really I, yeah that i never i i never had an i never had an e-reader so i think i think i just took them and i just put them in my swag bag oh yeah you so need to check those I'll out and get up some money yeah, I'll try and dig. I'll try and dig th- uh, through those. I have I have the first appearance of Miles Morales comic, and I just had that in my Ultimate Spider-Man co- collection. I didn't realize until until recently that that's worth a ton of money. I'm like, oh really? Oh, Dwayne's gonna much? buy a brand new oh. house with his Kirby card, no doubt. I mean. I mean, I am an artist. Uh, extra money would always. <laughs> yeah, starting <laughs> artist. <laughs> oh, Penny, uh, sorry, uh, Dwayne. Do you have any uh, favorite memories of uh, of going to E three? So I was I was kind of the odd uh, the odd man out. I came I came a day later. Um, but the day the day that I arrived, I had never been to L A be- before. So I thought I've got this I've got this afternoon to kind of take in before the show. Um, uh, and so I went to I went to Hollywood. So and I got to see I got to see the Chinese theater, got to see the Hollywood Walk of Fame and just like all that stuff. And that was and and that was cool. Uh, it's it's always smaller than you think it uh, than you think it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's it's funny because there are the parts, the parts that you see on TV and the parts behind that aren't very aren't very nice. I remember I remember like Steve Allen's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame was next to this really sketchy looking Chinese restaurant. It was pretty much a shack that you rang a bell. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, they yeah, they sell drugs out of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so but that was fun. And just it's and this is a dorky artist graphic uh, designer thing is that E3 was very unique. And this is kind of one of those like it's eras that's gone where if you're an artist or a graphic designer, there are so many different ways to to get people to see what you're working on. And, um, and so I would, I would love getting, I would love to get, I just had a stroke. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, I loved getting all of the little pamphlets and the booklets and the business cards and all that. Cause there were always so many different creative things and very creative ways to advertise. And I, I saved all that stuff. The, um, and it was great to see all, all the different booth uh, designs, uh, as far as booth placement, Enix had excellent booth placement because it was there was for people who don't know, there was there was technically like the main hall, which had EA, Capcom, Microsoft, all that in there. 
But then the hall that I liked was the one that had Nintendo, Sony. Um, um, so so basically, Sony was kind of in the middle. Nintendo was was on the right, and Enix had their booth uh, on the left. They had a giant giant inflated. Uh, slime that was hanging above it so when you walked into the when you walked into the hall just like boom there it was you knew you knew exactly where to go mm-hmm. do, you, uh, do you guys have any pictures from that uh from oh. the event no is everyone still there <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah oh no yeah, yeah. Did, do you guys have any pictures uh from from that event i d- i do yeah i've got some i've still got a bunch of pictures from that so from i took like a lot the, i had my booth, digital camera from back like. then took a lot yeah, yeah i've got right, some cool. somewhere too i need to scan in but yeah yeah i'd, I'd be curious to see your digital ones yeah i'd love to see oh, it and... on, the, on, on the youtube version like what what some of the booths look like and everything just oh, yeah. to, to match the descriptions we'll have those mm-hmm. up there yeah cool. and as far as as far as favorite uh favorite uh, memories go i also i really loved meeting the nx staff um and i'll kind of i'll kind of get this but this was like being an artist this was this was an opportunity for me to kind of maybe get my artwork out there just kind of test the waters do i want to move into this uh this field and you know character design for games and stuff but um i really i really like meeting the nx uh people they all seemed they all seemed really nice really nice and genuine um people uh, uh paul was uh paul was great and i think i think took a risk in getting us out there to help to help promote their uh their games because i think um their games were rad robotic alchemic drive yeah, yeah i remember that <laughs> I remember which was that one. which like i think people like it was it was kind of one of those cult hit games um that i don't think a lot of people played it but the ones that did i think really enjoyed it mm-hmm. yeah i remember that from the nx forums there was a, a, a special rad um section for the forums yeah <laughs> Yeah, they were also promoting they had, uh, Grandia Extreme that year. Too. Yeah. Yep. 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 And what was what was their too. what was their third game? I can't okay. remember. Uh, Bust a Groove. Bust a Groove. Bust a Groove Two. <laughs> what was it? Dang, I'm trying Which, to remember now. Huh. No, I think that was it. I don't know. Oh, was it really? <laughs> Dang. That's the only. That, those were the three forums I could remember that were like non Dragon Quest. Yeah. Uh, okay. In the NX forums. That could be then. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like seeing oh, Kingdom Hearts there the first time too. Like that was being advertised. Yep. And I'm getting like a flood of memories. I'm like, oh, these games that became like big franchises, and even like Nintendo, like they're pushing all their like Mario Sunshine and Metroid Prime. Like it was a good year for oh, Nintendo Z3. Yeah, 2002. That man. was that was the first time I saw I saw uh, Wind Waker in action, and that yeah. was yeah. In, that was incredible. That's still that's still my favorite Zelda game. I and I still think the original version looks looks better than the remake and just seeing just seeing how the smoke worked in that game was mm-hmm. incredible to me blew uh, uh blew me away that was two, 2002 was really a year when because i can, i've always thought i thought that the playstation in in 64 era graphically was was kind of a dark age like people were testing things out and learning and it's it's when we had like a lot of like colorful and very and very detailed sprites coming at the end of the super nes era you know we were kind of like it was all grainy and blocky and washed out mm-hmm. and this it seemed it seems like now people were finally starting to achieve kind of what the kind of vision that they wanted you could have an art style now uh wind waker definitely proved that N- nintendo had such a strong lineup that year that year 
Yeah, they really did. I remember that now. And kind of like you were talking about, too, I remember going, because I was trying to get into mobile gaming at that point and, like, going around and just getting cards from random people. I remember, like, Richard Garriott, like, which is, like, talked to me and super nice and cool. So, oh, yeah, I'll take your card and blah, blah, blah. So, like, yeah, the networking and stuff, which is cool that you could do there. You could, like, walk up to these, like, famous people and they were just so nice. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll take your card and talk to you for a little bit. And it was just, yeah. They probably, I mean, obviously they weren't ever going to talk to me again, but still. You know, they were. They well, were we met. It was nice. We met uh, Richard Garriott, mm-hmm. and and it was crazy because I didn't realize until I met him. Oh, yes, Lord Lord British. Because yeah, I knew yeah. him as Lord British for forever. Yeah, I was like, yeah, Ultimate Dude. Ultimate Dude. Remember seeing Trent yeah, Reznor? Was... Didn't we see him walking yes. around? Yeah, yes, we yes, saw Trent Reznor. <laughs> yep. He was an asshole, and I guess that from <laughs> that turned out accurate. What, uh, how? How so? <laughs> But didn't I, I think didn't like didn't his uh, uh, producer come out recently said said a lot of like nasty things about him. I saw his, I saw his house when I when I was in New Orleans last year. I think John Goodman lives lives there now or John Goodman probably just beat him up and threw him out of his house and took it. <laughs> it seems like a John Goodman thing to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. But it's like we would see a lot of a lot of famous people there met met Matt Greening there. That was cool. And like famous people wow. are always oh. shorter than who you would think that, that they would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what was that other hall there that had like all the reject stuff? But I actually really loved hall. that one. Yeah, that one had like some cool shit, man. Like I remember like all these uh I think Korean maybe like game developers were showing yep. off their stuff there that I I've never seen before. Yeah. And then uh oh there was a magazine called Foul there that was just this awful magazine. I took all the issues there handing out because I was just like swag city. I'll take whatever you'll give me. <laughs> I've actually scanned one of those and put them on the internet archive. So if you want to see how absolutely horrible it is, go to the internet archive and look nice. up Foul Gaming Magazine. You'll see what I'm talking about. But anyway, <laughs> it's yeah, funny because it's funny because like they have the sign pointing to it, but it's just it's like behind one of the escalators or or something. Yeah, and you and you go down and it's like, and it's like. It's like one of those just like weird, weird, just like foreign, f- foreign streets you see, you see in the movies. There's mm-hmm. just like a bunch of a bunch of merchants fighting. There's like chickens <laughs> running across. It's crazy. That's yeah. yeah, the best. It's like, random, it's just, just like random lady will offer you candy. It's I think about that's like, my favorite. No, thank you, ma'am. Three. That's my favorite memory right there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Pendy, how about you? And oh, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, just meeting everybody in person for the first time was amazing. We had a great time. And, you know, and just for context for everyone who's listening, like we're old men now, but this is 20 years ago. So I don't even think I was uh, 21, 22. I don't yeah, think it, no, not everyone was of age at the time. I remember yeah, being going drink. to a restaurant and only so many of us could drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was... I remember I remember. Whoops. I remember. Oh, uh, I remember you telling me the night uh, the night before you you couldn't find a place to eat. And you went to this one. You went to this one restaurant. And it was, like it was in well, it was in some uh, like some language that no one that no one recognized. <laughs> that sounds like something we do. Yeah, <laughs> that part of town we were probably just like anywhere that'll let us in. I don't know. Please don't yeah. stab us. <laughs> we didn't care. We didn't know any yeah. better. No, we but, did not. But yeah, it was it was amazing. And uh, you mentioned the big slime above the Enix booth. That was just great. That was like one of the best things I'd ever seen. I was like, oh my god. This is Dragon Quest is back. There's a big ass slime, and it's taking up the. Oh, yeah, I was, I was, I love that. And uh, I think wasn't uh, Mike Tyson there too, like promoting some garbage 
fighting game he was in. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. Not Mike Tyson. Mr. T. Oh, it was Mr. That's T. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I get to tell my Mr. T story now. Because you got to meet him, Dwayne. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, that was that was a bit a bit of an event. So, um, so okay, there was a, like there was a line to meet uh, Mr. T. One of my friends at the time was was also a big also a big Mr. T fan. I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta do this. So, so it was weird. So I just, I just get in line and this random LA convention center, uh, security guard, uh, was just like, okay. And just like pointed like a few people behind me, just like, this is, this is the end of the line. And, and I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to tell this quick, but everyone just kind of ignored him because he's not, he's not part of like rage. That was, that was the company. And just everyone just like ignores him and he goes okay everyone just like like a few people in front of me that's the end of the line and again everyone just ignores him because he's not he's not with the booth um and he get he starts being he starts getting like more and more aggressive and he just he just points at me and he goes you you get out of line and i'm just like i'm sorry it's like who are you and 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 he goes i'm gonna uh, he goes i'm gonna i'm gonna walk off for 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 a few minutes and i'm gonna come back and if you're still here just like my boys are gonna give you what you deserve my boys and i, and I, yeah, and I said okay you go and get your boys then and that's when that's when the lady and, and like some people like some people in the line were kind of were kind of like snipping at him a little bit uh so i can see why he was getting more and more aggressive but he just wasn't clear and the people in the booth weren't clear just like okay the signing is from this time to this time and yeah. and they didn't know when to end the the line so it was a giant right. mis so miscommunication you didn't, you didn't get to meet mr t right i did i did, so you did. And, all right, and all right. The, i thought it was going to be this like lady, a homer simpson story this lady a couple people uh, uh, who, was, who was like a couple pieces <laughs> in front of me Where he she gets to... she gets in the guy's face and was just like he didn't do anything to you he hasn't said anything he's been polite the entire time and wow. i'm just i'm just it's like watching this i'm like i just want to meet mr t yeah <laughs> and so, she, she pitied so the I get, she pitied yes the he was he was he was being a fool and i did pity him um, <laughs> but so but so i finally uh i finally get there and people and people are asking him just like when are you going to go on conan next and he yeah and he said it's like uh, i got to uh uh, I got to give it a few months. Just like he's a good man, Conan. He's a good man. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so people were asking him to sign things and like shake hands. And I said, and I said, you can put me in a headlock. And he's like, really? And he's like, yes. And so and so, Mr. Yeah. T puts me in a headlock, and and uh, took a picture. I remember that. Uh, he yeah, signs signs the little boxing glove, uh, and I got to give that to my friend. And and <laughs> and I took I took a I took a nice little stroll to the security office of the LA Convention Center, and you're like, hey. Um, I was just randomly threatened and I wasn't even doing anything. <laughs> What's up with that? And they're like, yeah, that should not have happened. We apologize. I'm like, cool. Which, which actually like, I'm was, about to get my boys and we're going to come kick your asses. The yeah, just boys. like I'm going to write a strong <laughs> email to your manager. I'm going to giga slash your ass. <laughs> yeah. I remember walking by. Really, it, was, it was, it was funny because that's, yeah. And that's, uh, that's, I remember him saying, there's nothing worse than a sweaty celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was that was also during uh, uh, during a time. Like I said, I was I was 95 pounds heavier 
and I, I hated crowds back then, but it's just like, okay, well, if I'm, if, if I want to do this and if I want to push myself forward, I got to throw myself into this and I just got to learn how to just talk to and survive in a big group of people and stuff. So that's what I did. That's uh, that's really jumping into the fire with that one because you get many more people than that kind of event. Yeah. So and I'm better. I'm better for it. So yeah. And I gotta say that the last thing for the the great memories from that time was uh, being able to interview uh, Justin Lucas, their PR guy from the company, because I mean that was I, I I came up with all these questions and I got to like ask these really tough questions about Dragon Quest in America. Well, I guess Dragon Warrior in America. And where it was going and how it's been doing and like i would ask him stuff about uh well hey i, I you know i heard that uh dragon warrior Se- dragon warrior 7 only sold this many copies and what happened to dragon warrior 4 remake on playstation 1 why didn't we get mm-hmm. that so he was able to clear that up for us and tell us and told me the whole heartbeat story yeah and it was just an amazing uh it was an amazing experience to be able to interview someone from the company and get some like straight answers about a lot of stuff that had been going on since uh enix had gone back to america with dragon quest it was great awesome. i really he found really that interview us. on the dragon quest news network the archives it's still there oh yeah it's still there it. yeah i because we because i don't know if i have the recording anymore but i decided to transcribe the entire interview so i had have that up on the site and it's still there in the the archives. Awesome. I might still have the audio. Oh, oh wow, really? <laughs> maybe. Maybe Honestly, let me, uh, let, me uh, uh, like, let me look in my like kind of like super deep archives okay. and I might I might still have it. Nice. Look at you Dwayne, you are the, definitely the archivist of this thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mine's on a hard drive that crashed a long time ago. So yeah, if you have it, yeah, I I'd love that. Yeah, I might I I remember I remember the I remember the audio being just just the volume being really really low, but I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I still have it. That's awesome. Okay. So I'm glad you guys were smart enough to ask good questions and stuff back then, because yeah, I mean like that that wouldn't be able to happen. Now we might not have ever learned what you guys learned during that whole deal. So kudos yeah. to y'all. Yeah. yeah Justin I even had a. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, yeah, I even asked them about emulation. It's like, what do you what do you what are, what's your stance on like people doing fan translations and things of that mm-hmm. nature? And they, yeah. they he gave me like a political answer, but he basically kind of said between the lines that, yeah, we don't care if it's an old game. So have at it. <laughs> yeah, that was cool to hear. Yeah. It's he Honestly, has he always game. had a very unique approach. Um, yeah. He always he always believed in transparency, honesty. Yes. Uh, being being frank and he really did spoil us in a way where kind of going forward dragon quest fans kind of expected that level of frankness and mm-hmm. we didn't got and we wouldn't get it and that always just was always frustrating over the yeah. years it was it was a night and day difference when i went back the next year yeah hmm. uh so so any bad memories from the event pendy let's start with you Okay, so I was the one person that drove there in my car and, and <laughs> picked up everybody from the, the airport, which is fine because I was in New Mexico at the time where I was uh, stationed at an Air Force base there. Uh, I had my, it was the, uh, my little two door 97 Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But uh, uh, LA traffic, uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm still in the Air Force. I've been, I've lived all around the world, all around the country. And that is still one of the, definitely in the United States, it is the worst place to drive. Yeah. You'd think of yeah. all the lanes that they have out there, the ginormous highways, that it would be great. But no, it's it's just traffic jam city, just 24-7, right, right. it seems yeah, like. Yeah, and that was like 20 years ago, and it's still like that. Yeah, it, no, yeah. it's because... Probably the, worse. No, probably. Yeah. There's actually people who got stuck in traffic 20 years ago, they're still there. Right? Still there. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would believe that. Tell me that, yeah, I would believe that. It was just so, that, it was just that bad. And so, I remember cheating the. They had a carpool lane back then, even yeah. back then. 
<laughs> and I remember like cheating it. I would go in by myself before I picked up you guys. I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll risk it. I don't care. This is ridiculous. I'm not going to sit in traffic for four hours because of this nonsense. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, just, I hated the traffic so very much. It's just that, like that city compared to other big cities in the America has like no really good public transportation system and everyone having a car is kind of like a status symbol. So that's why it's just so bad as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There. There are people that I've noticed. I've noticed will will use traffic as a as a means to advertise. There were uh, I think one of the one of the Chucky movies was coming out or coming out soon at the time, and I was uh, one of the days when I was going there, stuck in traffic, and somebody had the actual Chucky puppet and was like holding it out of uh, out of the window and just like waving at people and being like all <laughs> like menacing and stuff. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's a fun advertising thing. But <laughs> now I live. I live in Houston, which is the, and I am, I am doing the, uh, not flexing, just, uh, just Texan thing. It's genetic. I apologize. (laughs) But, um, uh, uh, Houston is the third largest city in the country. Uh, we've had, um, a giant, giant population boom in the past three years. Uh, traffic here is horrible. It's not fun. There are traffic jams for absolutely no reason. Still, still better than LA traffic. Mm-hmm. And and one of the reasons why why it's better than LA traffic, we have exit lanes. <laughs> That's so, the key. That's so the key. if you if 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 you get on if you get uh, get on the freeway, you're not getting off in LA until you're on the other side of town. And if you have to poop <laughs> or something, you are literally shit out of luck because there's nowhere to get <laughs> off. Out the window. <laughs> Like, I'm oh. sure there are nice parts in the, there are nice parts in LA. I drove around a good chunk of it, and I just didn't really find any. Oh, and speaking <laughs> of shit out of luck, I mean, good luck taking a, a a shit in the bathroom because I don't know if you guys remember trying to go to a bathroom in the local fast food joints around there, and there were like quarter slots to get into yeah. the bathroom. Yeah. To put oh wow, change. really? Which yeah. is evil. That's just pure evil. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially nowadays, nobody has any change on them. Like no. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you just poop outside the door to the bathroom yeah yeah uh, the change Maybe they is swap the, it out with credit card swipers just as a, as a non-violent <laughs> protest the uh the change is your is your foot going up against the door and knocking yeah. it down just boom please let me in i've got stuff to do so Dwayne, was that your bad memory from the event so here's here's a here's a handy dandy tip if you're ever if you're ever at an uh, at an industry event if you see these giant fluffy kirby or pikachu costumes there are people in there it doesn't (laughs) look like there are people in there but there are so when you make when you make sexy poses next to them for photo opportunities and they move just yeah just a little just as like oh shit this oh shit this is backfired (laughs) (laughs) like now like now security has a reason to come to come for me yeah 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 Yeah. they're looking for a reason they (laughs) They've got they've got you on file now. They're just mm-hmm. Dwayne has entered the building. I mean, I'm a sex offender. I'm I'm just it by now. It's fine. <laughs> Statue limitations. <laughs> so Doesn't actually, a, oh, oh sorry, go ahead. So so there's something in regards to um, booth babes, which like it's <laughs> definitely was a thing back then, but oh, is yeah, not yeah. now. Um, I kind of I kind of view them in the same vein as sign as sign flippers is they just they don't really do anything and they never really bring people in but um uh pendy you had taken a picture by this booth it was like the history of video games and it was just like and, and it had like booth babes but the 
but it had like this big sign. It was just this ass in pink panties. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think uh, I'm pretty sure I've got I've got I've got oh, that, we need this that picture. But that that has always stuck out stuck out in my head is just why. <laughs> yeah, like who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> but you remember it, so you know it worked. I, I remember it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it was or what it was for, but I definitely, I definitely re- remember the giant ass. <laughs> nice. So Dustin, how about you? Any bad memories from the event? Not of the event itself, really. I mean, that was all fine. I was oh, so yeah. glad like uh, Pendy was able to like pick me up and drive me to the airport because I can't imagine like trying to get a taxi, like I said, through the traffic and getting there on time through all that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a nightmare there. It's hard to explain if you haven't ever been there. I mean, well, yeah, you'll be there for hours. I remember I, after that, I, I did work for Walgreens, like, and they flew me out there to do some work for some company. And like the guy I worked with was just like, yeah, I leave at like five in the morning and then like I go to work. It takes me four hours to get there or whatever. And then I like drive home and I get home about 10 or 11 o'clock. Then I go to bed. I'm like, why would you live here? Like, <laughs> that just sounds like awful. Like you spend half your day sitting in a car. Oh, but yeah. yeah, traffic is probably the worst part. And then just, yeah, we weren't in the, you know, nicest part of town. So just is there a nice part there. of town? Is there a nice part of LA? It's like, please, if there if there is, please let us know. I would I'm like sure to there is, <laughs> but I did not witness at that time. That's for damn sure. And I was just like, oh my god, I'm glad I've got these other two guys here with me because good <laughs> god, this there was there was a dude um, hanging out outside outside of the hotel, and this was this was before like the homeless problem is what it is now mm-hmm. uh, because I hear it's right now it's just insane, but. Um, but there was there was a dude sleeping on a bench, and the entire time that I was there, from Thursday to Saturday, for, from like Sunday morning, he didn't move. Oh. And and it's just like I'm not sure if he's dead or not. Yeah. But I don't want to walk up and check because <laughs> yeah. his dick is hanging out. Oh. It just seemed <laughs> oh, like a trap. Of course. That's like a good you want to go poke him uh, with a stick or yeah. something? Now, now I know. Yeah, it's just, but the yeah. thing now is, I just, I just couldn't find a long enough stick. <laughs> <laughs> Ten foot poles, not long enough. Yeah, just no, like no. Throw it, so, just like get a can of Coke and just like, so, so, like did he move? And when, and when you, have, you, you have to follow that now for bad memories from the event. <laughs> uh so bad memories uh before I, before i answer is my audio low or something because so, sometimes yeah. when i'm speaking i'm not sure if i'm getting through no you're no, not you're you're yeah, okay i think it's it just cuts out when a bunch of us are speaking at once gotcha gotcha um my bad memories from there i think the first one was just taking the taxi ride from the airport to the hotel like the guy barely spoke english i had like one credit card with me and some cash the guy gets me there and i'm like watching the number roll up and i'm like does (laughs) he even know where he's going i don't have you don't have google maps at this point you don't have anything i have addresses a few printouts of instructions and stuff that i prepared yeah maybe a few other things and just like uh where are you going not even map quest well i had map quest stuff but you couldn't like pull it up on your phone or anything yeah you had to print it out yeah yeah you think a you think a cab driver would know kind of the basics from the hotel from from like the airport to the hotel yeah he did it, but by the time i get there it's like 60 dollars 
to get from Ooh. the airport to the hotel. And I was like, this is highway robbery. Yeah. yeah. Imagine how In much traffic, it is now, though, literally. That might be, yeah, with L.A. traffic, that might be reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, In retrospect, you... yes. But at the time, I'm like, this yeah. is like a good chunk of the money I brought with me. Yeah. yeah. We were poor then. We were poor kids. Yes, we're poor. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And I'm trying to find these mysterious people. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. So, so I don't remember anything particularly bad about the neighborhood. It's like. Yeah, I've seen homelessness and some other things and sort of like, yeah, put on a tough perspective and act like you know what you're doing and yeah, it'll more it. or less leave but you alone. But it was all worth it for it was all worth it for the experience, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So um, any uh any crazy stories you remember and anything like uh just just you know, out of the out of the norm uh, out of what you would expect. Oh, so I'll start then. Um I got uh, I went to Dustin brought it up before. There was a Korean section of the show because there is these uh, South Korean uh, video game companies were trying to make their way into America for the first time. They had I forget what it was, but they had like a handheld gaming system that they had and a bunch of games and different things of that nature. So I was checking it out. It's like all these new games and systems I had never seen before because I'd never been in America. So mm-hmm. I was pretty interested in looking at all around. And then lo and behold, this uh, Korean TV show comes up to me and I'm like, hey, do you, uh, do you mind getting interviewed for our South Korean TV show? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. So it's just this guy, this reporter that asked me, like, how, what do you think of the show? What do you think of these South Korean games and, the, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth? And I wish I could remember the name of the TV show because, you know, I had, you know, I could not have predicted that years later I would have been stationed in South Korea for three or four years and, <laughs> and then gone on yeah. to marry someone from the country. So if I, if I, they're like, what know, do you think of our women? <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, it's just so funny how ironic that became. I wish I, I wish I had written down like what the name of the TV show was, and I could have asked my wife years later, like, "Hey, what what is this TV show? Do you know who they are? Did you see me uh, on TV? <laughs> where can I find the archives?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was wild. And then uh, Dwayne was talking about uh, the booth girls that they had there. So I was like the the de- degenerate of the group that like went up to all the different <laughs> booths and was like, "Hey, can I get my picture with you?" So I have like I don't know like eight to ten pictures of like me smiling like an idiot with all these booth girls at all these various places throughout the the show. So we'll we'll post those as well uh, in the YouTube. I mean, stuff. it's why they were there. I mean, yeah. it's and it's it's kind of it's kind of frustrating a little bit because it, in and I mean it got a lot of like a lot of rightful uh, criticism is because like. Is because like you're using you're using these these women to draw to draw attention to them, but not the attention to the game, and it's kind of like just like I get it, I get it. It's just like I would I would rather you know I would rather people had spend the money on like a really cool booth, like yeah. like uh, well, were they were they cosplaying as characters from the game sometimes. 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 All right. Sometimes. Well, that's, there's a tie in there. <laughs> but not always. A lot of the time, it was morely just gimpy outfits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm trying to find a way where booth girls are okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time. It's the, it was a different it's the, time. It's the episode of King of the Hill where Dale, where Dale worked at Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, and then the last crazy story that I have is, uh, I don't know if I've told all of you this before, but... When I first found out that I got passes, um, you know, I was talking to people like, yeah, they gave us passes and we're going to go and this can be great. And I won't I won't name names, but there was this one person who was part of a uh, translation team for one of the Dragon Quest games. And he uh, contacted uh, me. Is this fan translation or yeah, fan official? translation, fan oh, okay. translation. Sorry, okay. I should have 
been specific, but from one of the the, the fan translation groups, and uh, he he came up to me. And it's not Neil, by the way, because I had mentioned him before. But <laughs> <laughs> it was somebody Don't start else. Start guessing. <laughs> there wasn't. There's was more than than you would think at that point in time. We were doing a lot. They were doing a lot of uh, Dragon Quest translations back then. But so this one guy contact contacts me directly. He's like, "Hey man, uh, you know I'm so and so, and yeah, I know who you are." And it's like, "Hey, could you uh, like pretend that I work for your website so you could get me a pass to E3?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not doing that, dude. I'm not lying to this guy who is so you know generous to give me and Edwin passes that I'm not going to just lie to them and be like, "Yeah, this guy has been working for my site for years. He's great. Let's he's going right. to give him a pass too." So it's like, you know, I was like, "No, I'm not going to. I'm sorry. I was polite about it. I wasn't like yeah. I wasn't f off or anything like that." But yeah, like, that's kind yeah, of because those question. passes aren't free. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, I'm sorry, man, but I, I just can't uh, yeah. bring myself to do something like that uh, to yeah. these nice folks at uh, at the at this company that's helping us out. And he yeah. got pissed at me. Like, he never talked to me again after that. <laughs> I was like, screw you, man. It was like the straight up, like, nice guy uh, reaction. Right. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. like, it was like, it was like, he, he thought that, like, everyone owed him something because he was part of these dragon quest translations that like he was owed something for his mm-hmm. time so he got uh, super mad that i wasn't able that i wasn't going to do that for him so that was yeah. that was nuts yeah hmm. that's that's what that's what you get for being famous <laughs> <laughs> internet famous you know, people trying to get stuff famous. out of you <laughs> internet famous the best kind, yeah. <laughs> that, and, and does anyone else have any other kind of crazy stories that you guys can remember from the event i think yeah. i think it's just it's just funny because this was, you know, I went, I went three times. I went, I went in 2003 and 2004, um, which I should have gone in 2005 because that would have had actual Dragon Quest content. But it's just, it was crazy just to be there during that year because I think, like, as far as like what, where the where the technology was and where games were going, it was a very, it was very exciting place place to be. Um, artistically is it's it's great to see so many different creative things just kind of fighting for your attention and i just i just really love the opportunity to be able to finally talk to you know talk to people in the uh within the company with in in official and unofficial fashion uh uh, get to know them a little bit uh i found i found out that not uh that's when i found out not every piece of uh, dragon quest artwork is by akira toriyama himself <laughs> so that's interesting uh um, yeah uh and it was just i really i really i got to i got a chance to talk to paul one-on-one a few times uh never got a chance to talk to george george tory hopefully hopefully we can get him on the podcast yeah, sometime. hopefully so it yeah. sounds like knob mentioned him a, a few times yeah right. it sounds it sounds right. like he's yeah. he's lived a lot of interesting uh <laughs> lives the in and in and out of the gaming industry yes but it was just <laughs> it was just a really good time uh a good time to be there and it was seeing how seeing how this was their last e3 and and i know i know people uh uh criticized enix as far as just like not doing enough but that was that was a year that i kind of felt like i didn't do enough to really help promote them and i wish I just I just wish I could have done done more because they were very gracious and I was very grateful for the opportunity. I mean, they were on a shoestring budget compared to oh, all yeah. the other localization yeah. companies there. And they did 
the most of what they could do with what they were given at the oh, time. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they were fantastic people. I was so sad to see them all basically canned after the merger because yeah. they went with like Square USA and yeah. moved everything there instead. Right. They and just that was, like uh, kicked them to the curb. Yeah, yeah. And, speaking, yeah. and speaking with them the next year, it was so different because oh, yeah. most of them, I, I mean, honestly, all of them had no idea what Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest was. I'm like, this is the flagship title of your of yeah. your of your company yeah um yeah and and again like a lot of a lot of those people are are high are hired pr and they they only know what they've been told to yeah. to talk about but mm-hmm. still it was it was very it was very strange that this that this merger happened and we're just going to completely forget about everything that came that came before yep. and it, it just seemed it just seemed it, it it just seemed like they didn't appreciate all the all the hard work that Enix of America did, and I didn't think that was fair. But yeah. um, 2003 was fun. 2004 was really when I the it lot it lost its luster. Uh, I got to see what E3 was really like in a lot of in a lot of respects. So the so the best time was the time that I spent I spent with you guys where it was fun. It was fun and I didn't know how the sausage was made so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could I mean, I could tell I could tell that story of how I learned a little bit how the sausage was made, but it was like maybe that's a story for another time because it would it would kind of kill the mood. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no need to go there. I mean, I mean it was just it was just uh, just a perfect storm of us coming to, coming together as Dragon Quest fans, running these websites, and then being able to meet each other and meet the good the great people at Enix and see their passion for the games. And it was just it will be one of my best experiences I will ever have in life is to hang out with you guys and do all that together. It was great. Definitely. We should we should do it again sometime. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we yeah, don't have to go to LA. We can go to somewhere long. with less traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. Let's do it somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Not, I, don't uh, do I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend coming here right now because it's rather inhospitable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Penny's been to my place a few times. So, yeah, he'll just drive on up here, too. And yep. no, yeah, no he's visited me as well. Yep. Yeah, I'm the I'm like the one of the guys in the community that like seems to stalk everybody. Yeah. You've been to my place. You've been to my place. Where? What is he doing? He basically just comes to my house to like whip my ass at Street Fighter and then he leaves. I'm like, OK, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Or Tecmo Ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe Matt can do another another road trip and he can just like pick it, you know, pick everybody up and just like meet. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. There you go. And then just like dr- drop us all off and we're done. Perfect. Yeah. We should just do a video documentary of, of Pendy kicking all of our asses at Super Tech Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to practice now. Uh. Um, so, so Pendy, you had, you'd wanted to mention a, uh, an interview. Uh, oh, no, no. I already, I already mentioned that before with Dustin. Oh, okay. That was one of my, my early big gets for the, the news oh. network. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, this was an, an interview that Dustin did with uh, Dragon Quest News Network. Yep. Back in uh, mm-hmm. July of 2000. I was so excited. Right, so now is that still available? available? I can't. I can't. I the archives, I think. I, it's yeah. the, the, the news article for it announcing, like, hey, here's the interview. But I tried to click on the interview and I couldn't find it. I, but I didn't look, you know, awfully hard for it. So maybe it's still somewhere else in the archive that I'm I could. Sure, I the could Internet Archive has it. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it might. And one thing I found with the website is you have to go to different years sometimes and then oh, go to the archive yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. because some of the earlier ones, the links are broken. But yeah, yeah, the later ones, they're there. 
Yeah, yeah it depends yeah. on the really snapshot. Deep. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, yeah. Pendy gave us not only the year but the month. So I think <laughs> if any, we could July of two thousand. So if, yeah, any, if anything, we can uh, we can track that down a little bit more easily than uh, without having that information. Uh, so does anyone have have anything else to uh, to share about E three and their experience there? No. It was interesting, all of us hanging out in a hotel room with two queen-size beds, three guys, <laughs> and we're like, who gets to be the lucky one to share the bed with the other guy? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the big spoon? <laughs> who gets to be big spoon and little spoon? And then Penny's like, you know, I bought all this anime. We're going to watch anime and order pizza. Yeah. So, oh, we're was, like, so after he said that, you guys shared Three to three to one bed, and Pendy got his own bed. <laughs> <laughs> I totally yeah, I remember like that, watching Trigun and Trigun. Uh, eating pizza and hanging out. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. That's They're awesome. making a sequel to Trigun or yeah, a prequel. Yeah. I oh, please be good. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully <laughs> don't, like, it's don't live action, like, so we got a ch- we got a chance. Yeah. yeah like, please, yeah. please don't let it be like the FLCL sequels because those were hot mm-hmm. garbage. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I was mad. I was like, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of Slime Time. We want to thank Dustin, Dwayne, and Enwin for joining us. Yeah, thank oh, you thank guys so much to be here. But uh, yeah, so so we don't use Patreon. We won't half inch your hard earned money when we can offer you quality content about the game series we know and love for free. If you do have any money that is completely burning a hole in your wallet, pouch, bottomless bag, or searchable wall sack, and you would like to donate anything to a website that's been supporting Dragon Quest fans for over 20 years, stop by the Dragon's Den at www.woodis.com den and click on support this site. Woodis has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den GQ fan site for decades. He personally edits every YouTube version of our podcast, and he fully appreciates any donations to help keep the servers running. And the Dragon's Den website also features an Amazon affiliate link. If you click the link and then make a purchase, a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den, and it doesn't cost you anything. Advertise with us. Reach out to us at slimetimepodcast at gmail.com. This uh, podcast is brought to you by Bates Lays, uh, which is exactly what I would say if that were true. I just personally happen to like them. Um, what about Tesla? <laughs> yeah, oh, them too. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That is a car get, that's running uh, me some for of all of the Elon cars. money without having any of his kids. Yeah, <laughs> I I will give I will advertise to Tesla any day of the week if he if he promotes Dragon Quest Ten. There we go. There's the there's the deal right there. And no money, I will advertise Tesla. I I I would probably do that without you know it was it was one of the most amazing car driving experiences I've ever had. So uh, I would say that without him promoting Dragon Quest Ten, but if we can get some Dragon Quest Ten promotion in there, all the more better. He just oh my out god! The deal though. Yeah. Tweet tweet at him and he might do it. I've tried. I this is not. I've not. Yeah. I've I've definitely tried that before and uh, and it's gone ignored because he probably gets tweeted at like ten Quite million big. times <laughs> by random fans of other video game franchises. Uh, so if you do have any comments or questions for Dragon Quest Slime Time podcast, you can join us on Twitter or and Instagram at DQ Slime Time. Consider joining in tons of Dragon Quest discussions at the Dragon's End forums, one of the few remaining forums still around. Find it from the Dragon's End main page or at www.wudis.com slash forums. You can find me and other rabid Dragon Quest fans through the Dragon Questers Facebook group as well. 
or come hang out with us and tons of our hardcore Dragon Quest fans on the officially unofficial Dragon's Den Discord server. We'd like to thank everyone that made this possible, like Woodis, for support of the series and this podcast and keeping the Dragon's Den's lights on for decades. Thanks to Amanda Lapree and the Descends of Erdrick for allowing us to use their tri- their music for our podcast. Uh, Descends of Erdrick is a video game tribute band from Austin, Texas. Check them out in their album Advent at www.descendersofurdrick.com or on Twitter at dverdrick and check out Amanda Lapree streaming on Twitch. Our thanks to the delicious Dwayne Bullock, our wonderful graphic artist slash DQ fan for making the awesome artwork cover for this podcast. Dwayne was on the original iteration of the Slime Time podcast and through many of our episodes. You can check out more of his work at Dwayne Art on Instagram or his website at DwayneBullockArt.BigCartel.com. You can also yeah, follow that. me on OnlyFans for premium feet content for only forty nine ninety five a month. <laughs> Take my money. Yes. <laughs> uh, I I also love like listening to you know you listen to those old uh, Slime Time podcasts from like twenty twelve and you guys are all all about like oh man I can't wait until Dragon Quest ten comes out we'll probably get it next year. <laughs> Ten years later, and it's here we are. Absolutely heartbreaking, but still hilarious at the same time. Uh, so please the like and subs- skeleton sitting on the sitting on the bench. Yeah, <laughs> please like, subscribe, and write a review for the podcast. And if you're looking for more Dragon Quest slime time, check out our earlier episodes on Dragons Den, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Audible, YouTube, and more. And check out our brothers and sisters of, in arms over at the Slime Time Side Quest Podcast, as well as Tactfully Die. Their latest episodes are available now. Bye, everyone. Dragon Quest Slime Time, sliming off. Testing. One, one, two, three. Testing. Testing. There we go. Now we got it. All right. Okay. Okay, then you are Justin Lucas. I'm the product manager of uh, NX America. And this is Sean Pendergast, otherwise known as Penny for the Dragon Quest News Network, uh, conducting an interview at E3. Okay, my first question is, uh, what do you think bodes for the future of the DW franchise in America? Oh, I, I think, I mean, I, there is a franchise, there is a fan base there. I mean, there's a great community of Dragon Warrior fans. Um, and uh, I think it's something that's definitely going to be around for a long time. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm glad we've got such a great fan base to support it. Since uh, Dragon Warrior 4 was canceled, is there any chance of the PlayStation 1 remake of uh, Dragon Quest Monsters 1 and 2 being published over here? Um, or are you guys moving on to the well, next generation? We're moving on to next generation stuff at this point in time. Um, it's something that we might revisit later on on different platforms or, or you know, uh, different hardware. Um, but, uh, you know, we definitely want to support uh, Dragon Warrior here in the States and really build it as a franchise and, and it's just a great brand like it is in, in Japan. I mean, it's such a great game. Horizon is just an, an absolute genius. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, uh, the future is the future. The, uh, the Game Boy Advance remake of Turnico The Last Hope. Will that ever see the light of day here? Um, we haven't made a decision yet at this time. Um, uh, I, I think uh, we, we, we'll look at it, and it depends on the market at the time. Uh, the localization time it'll take and what the market will be like at that point in time. And we'll make a decision based off that. Okay. Um, 
since not everyone is aware of this, how successful were each of the Dragon Warrior games Enix of America has published so far, including Dragon, Dragon Warrior 1 and 2, Dragon Warrior 3, Dragon Warrior Monsters 2, Turnicle of the Last Hope, and uh, Dragon Warrior 7? Everything's been really successful. Uh, I, I couldn't be happier. Uh, uh, the, the Dragon Warrior games, uh, amazing. Um, I'm just so happy that the fans, you know, remember it. It's, it's been a while since the games have been out. They got great press. Um, and the fans love it. You know, we get emails all the time, you know, thanking us for bringing it out and telling us, you know, how great and wonderful they thought it was to play. And, um, you know, Kobe and Tara's adventure uh, um, did very well. Um, uh, all of the Enix's products have done very well. It's, it's very nice to see a uh, fan base and, and the word of mouth spreading and the sales reflect that. Great. Now, um, is it true that your sales goal for Dragon Warrior 7 was around 300,000 copies and you only reached about about 100,000 something? That's something I saw at a, a Yahoo in Japan article. I, I don't know if that was just... Yeah, that, uh, yeah no, that's rumor and conjecture. And, uh, uh, we, uh, we don't announce our sales uh, numbers. Um, uh, and doesn't announce our sales numbers, so I can tell you those numbers are wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that's a popular rumor that was going around the net about that. Okay. Um, so, what did, what, did, what did you think of the success for Dragon Warrior 7, specifically, since that was the last title? You know, uh, came out? I thought it was great. Uh, it was great to, to, you know, bring out uh, another Dragon Warrior game in the U.S. and, um, and just how well it did in Japan and how well it did here in the States. It was, it was just really great to see the fans get back behind Dragon Warrior, get back behind Enix. And, you know, uh, we're going to keep it rolling. What do you think will be done differently, if anything at all, when you bring over Dragon Warrior 8 in terms of how you uh, do advertising or how you uh, publish it? yet on it, but uh, I, I think uh, the advertising campaign we did for it was very strong. Uh, the marketing campaign as, as a rule was very strong. Uh, the PR was very strong on it. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, we probably won't change a whole lot on it. I think um, we, uh, we were very happy with, with how we did it, and uh, with more titles we, we bring out and, and you know, uh, better relationships we forge with, uh, you know, uh, uh, different magazines and stuff like that, then uh, we're definitely going to be um, that. Uh, do you think Enix of Japan has any uh, future remakes up its sleeves before Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest 8 is released? Uh, no comment. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. So, okay, that's probably another no comment. But have you heard anything on a possible Dragon Quest Monsters 3 anytime in the future? Uh, I think that is also another no comment. Okay. What kind of obstacle does what kind of obstacle did the departure of Heartbeat make for trying to publish Dragon Warrior? Um, well, Dra the Dragon Warrior games are so complex, uh, both both storyline storyline wise and um, programming wise. Uh, so you know, once we got the word that they were closing up shop, taking a sabbatical, uh, we met internally and we you know we had everything set in place: the localization team, production team. Uh, marketing, PR, everything was in place, ready to rock and roll on this title, because you won't need a bigger bunch of Dragon Warrior freaks than us, um, you know, and um, so we looked at, uh, 
talked about giving it to another developer in Japan, um, but um, with the source code being as complex and involved as it is, um, it, it would have been an ordeal for him, and, and there would have been a lot of issues. Right. Um, not only with just implementing text, but I mean, if something breaks and you don't know how the source code was written originally, right. you've got some issues. So, uh, you know, we kicked it around internally, and you know, we were trying to come up with some idea. You know, you know, selling off, you know, teeth and body parts, you know, somehow or you know, <laughs> some way to bring this game out because it's such a great game, and you know, I really think that you know, I know the fans would have loved it. I know, I know, we would all would have loved working on it. But it, yeah, it broke our hearts to have to cancel it. Is there any hope for any Dragon Warrior related merchandise being sold by Enix of America in the future? Because I know you guys had a poll for that. A long um, time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's something uh, that we're going to be revisiting in, in the future um, uh, cross promotion, uh, cross licensing. Um, but uh, then there'll be more announcements on that at a later time. Complicated was it to publish a game like Dragon Warrior 7? To give you an idea, there are 17,000 pages of text in that game. Right. So that's eight and a half by 11, typewritten, 10 point font. Uh, it, it's you know, uh, it's huge. Um, so it, it, well, it's complicated. And I, I couldn't even begin to explain it. It'd be like open heart surgery, uh, I guess, or brain surgery, or brain transplants. Uh, I, you know, it, it complex, yes, without a doubt. Um, you know, I, I think we've got 32 different three-ring binders in the office filled with the text in it, and it takes up three whole bookshelves. So, so yeah, and that's just the text. Right. You know, that, that doesn't include you know, translating. You know, that doesn't include you know the manual, the, the advertising. Uh, you know, uh, uh, fixing little things here and there. So you know. Your, what is Enix's, Enix of America's policy of people who take, you know, the ROMs of the games that are out there on the internet and then make a translation patch for them to make them into English? Is this a hidden uh, reference to Dragon Warrior 4? <laughs> well, yeah, that and Dragon Quest 5 and Dragon right. Quest 6 and all um, that do that now have English the translation patches for them on the internet. No, um, our policy is... property. We have to protect it. Right. You know, um, we love the fans. We think it's great. You know, you know, getting on the internet and seeing Dragon Warrior fan sites and, and Dragon Warrior, you know, artwork that people have drawn up themselves, you know, um, is great. You know, um, but it, it's our intellectual property and we have to protect it legally. If we don't, you know, uh, there's ramifications to it. So uh, it, it, it's a very fine line. Um, something we keep our eye on very, very closely, um, and, you know, if, if we think that it's, you know, uh, gone too far, then, then we'll put a stop to it, right? Okay. Um, so what are your hopes for the, uh, the three games that you have uh, here at E3? Uh, my, you know what? The games have exceeded my hopes. Uh, this is the public unveiling of RAD, uh, Robot Alchemic Drive. Um, and uh, it's, it's being worked on, you know, currently with, with both uh, our 
Japanese office and our U.S. office, and I, I, the response has just been overwhelming. I, I couldn't have asked for a better E3. Uh, the press response to it has been great. Um, everyone loves it, and it's so much fun to play, and I'm so glad everyone, you know, just gets it and loves it, and it's great. Grandi Extreme is the same thing. Um, uh, we've got some great voice acting talent for it. We've got a great storyline. The game plays uh, more action-based than, than the previous Grandia games. And it's, it's the first product of, of uh, our relationship with Game Arts, um, where we're going to be publishing a lot of their titles. So, um, you know, Game Arts is really well known for Lunar, Lunar 2, Grandia, Grandia 2. They've got a track record longer than my arm, and, and, and it's all great games. And then, you know, you've got Enix working with them, you know, Valkyrie Profile, Dragon Warrior, you know, uh, all these great games, Star Ocean, you know, uh, I mean, there's so many, you know, it, 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 nothing but good can come from that, you know, I mean, it's just going to be, it's so awesome working with them, because they are so just, they're brilliant. So, yeah, I, and Star Ocean 3, um, the, the response to that's been amazing as well. Um, you know, it's a beautiful game, and uh, I really think it's going to be that RPG uh, for 2003 when it comes out. I think it's, it's really going to be, you know, uh, uh, that just revolutionary game that just makes everyone just sit back and go, oh my god, wow. You know, um, what I've been able to play of it so far, and, you know, when, when we get a new build of it in the office, everyone's, you know, running around, you know, and making birds so we can all play, you know, individually. And, you know, and then, it's, and then it turns into, oh my god, look what I just found, you know, look at this, you know, look, look at this water effect. Oh my God! Look at that enemy. You know, and it's so neat. It's great to be working on titles as good as we have, um, and, and they're great titles. We're excited about it. Excited about 2002. Uh, you know, looking forward to 2003 and um, just having a blast with it. So before we go, do you have uh, do you have a message for all the Dragon Warrior fans out there? Uh, thanks, you guys, for your support. We're nothing without you. Um, you know. Uh, by our, our website, join our message board, you know, be involved in our community, we've got a great community online, um, so if, you're, if you're a Dragon Warrior fan, you'll love it, uh, it's just, uh, you know, we're having fun, and we're, you know, trying to make great games, and uh, uh, just keep everyone happy. Well, thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. Thanks. Hello everyone, and I would like to welcome you to our first radio broadcast. Today we will be interviewing Dustin Hubbard. Hello Dustin, how are you? I'm alright, how are you today? I'm doing well. And, uh, to start questions off, what was your first, uh, Dragon Warrior experience? Well, I was like eight years old, and every Friday my mom would take me to the video store to rent a game. And I just happened to start reading on Nintendo and had that game in there. I saw this video store, picked it out, really liked it, and my mom got it for me for my birthday. Okay. You came in a little bit staticky there, but... um. Why did you set up the shrine, out of curiosity? Well, 
Well, one day I just did a search for Dragon War pages, and there weren't any at all. And I had never tried to make a web page yet, but I figured it'd be a good project, so I looked up Hennix and started from there. Hmm. Okay. And uh, what were you feeling when you uh, learned of that very sad day when Enix of America left, and how did you feel when you found out that they came back? I was pretty bummed out when they closed down. I was a big fan of like Soul Blazer and the Wizarding Guy, and then I remember seeing Dragon Quest One and Two and Nintendo Power, and I really wanted it, but I knew it wasn't coming when they closed down. Or Part Five and Six, and when they reopened, or really whenever I heard the Dragon War Monsters was coming, I got pretty excited, and now. And then it started contacting me, I'm even more excited. Um, how do you feel about the announcement of Dragon Warrior 7 for the United States? Well, <laughs> I was really, really happy. I figured they were going to do it, I just didn't know when. I don't know, it's awesome. <laughs> been waiting for this for years. Hopefully, it'll get some of uh, Poser Final Fantasy geeks to play something else. Yeah, I'm sure quite a few people probably agree with that. I hope so. Hope it'll get some of my friends to start playing a decent RPG. Any uh, particular hopes about Dragon Warrior 7? Anything you're looking, to, you're expecting from the game, um, as far as uh, a new age of gaming? Oh, I just expected it to have a really good storyline and a whole lot of time. Like I think they said, a hundred hours for even pros to do. So that's really, really cool. And this, all the cool monsters by Kira Toriyama. I love his artwork. He has like the most creative monsters. It's not just generic stuff. You see another RPG. Like, I don't know. They're just all really creative. I really like his work. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people do. Yeah, from all those Dragon Ball Z fans running around, maybe they'll see this and get hyped up about it. <laughs> um. What do you think about the uh, growing uh, fan base uh, of Dragon Warrior in the uh, United States, as we've noticed with the uh, message board and with um, other mediums of finding out, seeing, finding out about Dragon Warrior um, in the stores, coming back, and then a lot of the uh, Pokemon-liking people starting to pick it up and all sorts of other things? It's awesome. I mean, like, years of, whenever I started the page, it was pretty much just me and a few others, like, Darkney, Ben Dwayne came along and helped. And we all tried to put together that one big page, but stupid Saki back out on us. And if I ever find him, I'm going to kill him. He ran off with, like, some money in Darkney, I think. But now the community's huge. It's really great. Lots of support. Lots of 
is going on now. Dragon Quest News Network is great. Made fun, does an awesome job with all this stuff. He's really a good person for the community. Hopefully, once the time gets back up, I'll be able to get more involved with it. I'll be so lazy. <laughs> um, let's see. Do you think uh, Dragon Warrior would get so popular in the United States that um, such laws that they ha needed to pass in Japan would need to come to pass here? It's really hard to say if it'll be real popular here. I mean, I know people really like Dragon War Monsters, but I think Dragon War 1 and 2 for Game Boy is a lot more popular. And hopefully, if any, I really think they should do some TV commercials for this next upcoming Dragon War 7 and like talk about how Akira Toriyama does the artwork to get the Dragon Ball Z fans watching it. And I don't know. Maybe RPG players will start going for gameplay more than graphics. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, especially, uh, they, as we all know, they they didn't really push uh, as far as advertisements went. Dragon Warrior two, three, and four, if I recall. And um, hopefully, if they do a real good advertising campaign with uh, seven, hopefully it will uh, get out and be more popular to people. Yeah, Nintendo did a good job advertising Dragon War 1. I mean, lots of people remember that game, but like you said, Enix didn't do a good job back then, so hardly anybody knows about Parts 2, 3, and 4. And I think if they would have, then they would have had a lot more sales, and we probably would have seen 5 and 6. Hopefully Enix will re-release 5 and 6 over here, but at this point, I hope they can count on it, unfortunately. What is your favorite Dragon Warrior game? Um, I can't really say because I haven't played 4 through 6 in English except for part 5. But, uh, my favorite out of the first three would have to be part 3. The wraps the, the whole storyline into a neat little package. It's just really cool to see how it all started with Edric. And they did a real good job. Especially with the extra world. I was real surprised when I found that and thought it was really cool. And, uh, Dragon Warrior Monsters is really fun for me. I like a lot more Pokemon, but I don't think a lot, a whole lot of people do about it. I mean, people did play it, seemed like it a lot, I really did too. Speaking of Dragon Warrior uh, Monsters, what are your thoughts on Dragon Warrior Monsters, which was released, and uh, the upcoming Dragon Warrior Monsters 2? I think the first one was definitely a good idea of Enix's, I mean, especially for me, because I love the little monsters, and it was just a lot more well done than uh, Pokemon was. It got much more advanced stats, had more creatures, the system's a lot more organized, which is really good how they pulled it off. And during one Monsters 2, I don't know. I, from what I've seen, it looks cool. Hopefully, they didn't change the system all too much. They added more cool stuff to 
players to raise monsters with, I guess. Uh, but I do like how they have two quests, like the red and blue Pokemon, how they have, I forget their names, the point of girl. And finally, uh, what would you like to see Enix do next in the Dragon Warrior world? I really never thought about that one. Uh, well, I like Talon and Mysterious Dungeon. I didn't like it a whole lot, but it's still fun. But I don't think it caught on very well with most fans. Uh, They pretty much already did carry some dragon oil monsters. I guess Christo. I always kind of liked him as a character from Dragon Warrior 4. Either him or. Um, I can't really think of anybody. I haven't thought of that before. That'd be cool if they made another one of those Dragon Warrior characters, though. If I recall, I think they uh, were planning on making a Dragon Warrior 8. Yeah, I heard rumors about that. Uh, I'm betting Enix will make it on PlayStation 2 or... Don't hold me to that. <laughs> yep, definitely. Um, well, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to do this interview. And uh, hopefully this will all go out to the people in a well fashion. No problem. I'm glad to do it. Hopefully your little radio station will catch on. I like it a lot. I think it's a good idea. And people just say hi to all the fans out there. Hopefully you'll let me do something like this for you again. Thanks a lot. Thank you again, Dustin. And now back to our regularly scheduled music program. <laughs>